What's new, listeners? I'm Arthur Howell, the host of Two Cents Critic. If you are in the mood for reviews of books, movies, and TV shows, then join in. Today, we're breaking down Secret Invasion, the first Disney Plus MCU series of 2023. Yes, the first one since last year's She-Hulk. And joining me for that discussion is Guy Bradford, returning to the show. I've always had him for the MCU series breakdowns on Two Sons Critic, and now he's coming back with Secret Invasion. Welcome back, Guy. Uh, it's great to be back. I mean, well, it's great to be with you. The show? Oh boy, let's get into it, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Secret Invasion, you know, we'll have, we'll have our thoughts on it, but I do want to say, though, however, that this is actually... Uh, your fifth guest spot on Two Cents Critic, not on, not counting if you're not counting when you came back for the trivia, for the trivia anniversary celebration. Which was great, you know, great to have you on. But if right. we're talking about just right. just reviews and recaps, this is your fifth one, meaning that you have joined the Five Timers Club. Oh, Ooh. yay! <gasps> I was uh, added oh. like a medal to hand over. Yeah, you. hey, there's somehow a martini here. I guess I'll drink it. Oh. Ooh, mm. nice. Thank you. Yes, yeah, the first, it's the first member to join this five-timers oh. club that I've made out for Two Cents Critic. Well, I am blessed. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it's not, it's, it, and it's been built up over time because you've been, you've been, you know, every time you've been on here, it's been MCU series. Yeah, so man. It's, it's uh, <laughs> you give me a task and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do this MCU thing. Okay. <laughs> This other MCU one? Yeah, I'm just down in the MCU mines. Um slaving away down there. Um no, it's 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 good to have have this hobby of <laughs> clockwork oranging my eyes open and being like, Kevin Feige, you're so good. Um but yeah, it's uh this I don't know. We'll peel back the onion. We'll get there. Yes, we will. Be- yeah. Before, yeah, before we give our non-spoilery general thoughts on this, I will just say that again, Secret Invasion. This was uh, cre- created and headwritten by Kyle Bradstreet, who was a writer and executive producer for Mr. Robot. Secret Invasion is notable as being an MCU, a piece of the MCU that's led by Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury. Which is notable because he's always been a side character, you know, for the other, even like for the other movies and, you know, any, you know, all the rest of the MCU content. But he's in his lead role here, so that's notable. And this is dealing with scrolls. And although it's adapted from the Secret Invasion comic book arc, but apparently it just was, like, I haven't read the comics books myself, but apparently it just was. Massively changed from Secret Invasion to comics. Oh, oh, really? Okay, yeah, I, I, I would buy that. Yeah, it seems like a lot of things went different from how the property may have existed in a different form. Because I thought, yeah. did people generally like the Secret Invasion comic book? I actually heard that Secret Invasion, the comic book specifically, the arc was actually pretty controversial, and that it didn't get all that much positive praise about it either. Right. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Okay, good. So it it they're they're these are good cousins to one another. These are two properties. Okay. So that's Secret Invasion. You know what? Let's just dive into our general thoughts and feelings, non spoilery of course, on this show, this latest MCU series on Disney Plus. Guy, what do you think? 
so I don't think people can see what's happening with my thumbs, but they're wavering. They're trying to go up. They're really trying to turn, you know, turn north to magnetic north. But the force of the gravity of this show is pulling them down to uh, the gates of hell. I, I, I did not care for this show. I'm also a little bit like, truth be told, I think a lot of people are probably now in this space where it's just like Marvel out. They, they, there's so much out there now. And you really have to do, you have to change things up in some kind of way to really keep our attention. And this one is trying to go for this Cold War spy thriller angle, which I think they already tried for that second Captain America movie. And this one has the benefit of, oh, but there's aliens and they can shapeshift, you know? And um, that sounds like it's really fun. And what I what I saw, I wasn't having as much fun. So uh, do you want me to give a numerical review? Should I just throw one out there now or leave it to the end? Because... Let's uh, save that for when we give our wind up. Okay. okay. Which will okay. happen. Okay. I'm putting we'll the help. pin back in the grenade. Okay. <laughs> it will happen soon, don't worry. But... All right, all right. Yeah, you're hearing your general thoughts. They make sense because, you know what, for me, I'm just going to come out right here and say it. I think this is my least favorite MCU show so far. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is just so, it's just so mediocre. Like, and here's the thing, compared to other shows, like, I feel like the other shows have their own flaws, but Secret Invasion is just a show that's so bleh. And it's I just come out of it feeling like, why? You know, why does this have to exist here? And I was really hoping it could be something better. You know, I was, you know, leading up to the show, I was genuinely pumped for it. I was intrigued by the political thriller tone. And as you said, you know, the went Captain America went to Soldier, one of my favorite MC movies, and I loved the political spy thriller tone of that. So I was like, okay, so reviving it here. And then Fury being in the lead role, you, you're bringing back Talos, Ben Mendelsohn's Talos for this. He's also in one of the lead roles, and I, I love him too. And I did appreciate the chemistry between Fury and Talos here. And I feel like they have like a, a buddy cop chemistry that maybe could have been better exploited if it was, I don't know, more comedic. Maybe if this was more like a, an action comedy kind of tone. But this show does have a good supporting cast. I did like that, especially like Olivia Coleman and Amelia Clark and Kingsley Benadier. You know, we got some. I, I, I like the actors here. But then the story itself was just really kind of, just kind of like dragging along. wasn't really all that interesting. It has some compelling moments here and there. There are some like very specific conversations between characters that I found to be enthralling. But those good moments don't support the entirety of a narrative that, again, just leaves me feeling so meh. And it doesn't help that the cinematography can get rough, the editing can get, can get rough, the CGI. Uh, you know, we talked about the CGI for the MCU, and it's just like, oh, you, you can tell the VFX artists didn't have much time to work on this, on this yeah, CGI. Yeah, at gunpoint. At gunpoint in a very sweaty room. Just like trying to add different colors of green to a scrolls like <laughs> penis chin, you know, like uh, it's oh, I feel really bad. Uh, but also the opening, the opening, the credits thing. Like I heard there was controversy about that. I heard it was AI, and I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, that that sucks. And then I watched it, and I'm like, 
all right, the reason it sucks, especially under the circumstances we know the industry is facing today, is just it's a, it casts a complete pale across the um, production, really. Like, you already work with these VFX people that are pushed to their limits. Uh, I can't talk, speak of their unionization status, but it's a lot of high turnover. People work incredibly hard. And then you go for one of these productions and you they don't get a lot of work. You're just really just you're just giving it to AI for this. I, I don't know, like solidarity to our uh, 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 family and the WGA and well, I'm W I'm not even WGA or WGC. I'm in Canada, but I, I support you. Yes, yes, good to hear that support. And, and and here's the thing, that the VFX studio that they hired for this, it was actually the studio's choice to do the, to, to use a, a, an AI engine. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I, I wonder if they did make that choice because was there any other work that they had to do that they were being crunched with, and that's mm-hmm. why they chose to use an AI engine for the opening. And Okay, so it's, I'm, it's, I'm being a little ignorant, uh, ignorant, I don't know what, Ignorant Ian. So I did not know that, uh, but I'm still against the use of. <laughs> I'm still really against the use of AI, especially by a big production company now. Like I know, I, I, I am too, and it just you know it frustrates me because the choice was made in the first place. But I'm also like, well, I don't know, like what's. I'm assuming they probably made the choice because they had to. I'm assuming a VFX studio wouldn't just use the AI engine for just oh, let's just toss it out there. Like I'm pretty sure they're crunched with other stuff. I'm assuming. Yeah, I, there's I gotta like be some reasons that are not necessarily nefarious, but definitely maybe not had the resources or time or. And just like the, the intro, the intro is like. It's not good. I'm sure, I'm I'm assuming you agree with me around that, right? It's not a good intro. Yeah, I mean, uh, com- like I I don't like a lot of intros in the first place. Like I like the Game of Thrones one. I can't re- I can't remember another one. Uh, the, one. the Peacemaker uh, intro, mm. but I mean, a lot of people, unless it's prestige television, seem to like a lot of the networks just want to do away with intros in the first place. So it just looks very AI with the shifting faces that don't actually look that much like the person, but just enough that it's the uncanny Valley effect and Ooh, alien. Ooh, but it's really just a bunch of machines jizzing all over the screen. And I just, I, I, uh... because I, I've seen the AI art. I, I've seen what, I've seen what happens when you type in like, Oh, entries, uh, you type in a prompt into the AI engine. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, this looks like an AI created opening credits. And, and I remember even someone, even someone from the crew and I, and I wish I could remember who, but someone from the, from like the secret invasion crew was like, Oh, this what we did this on purpose in order to make it look like, Oh, the morphing is shifting. It was all on purpose. And I'm like, you could have done all of the morphing and shifting with human people working on it. You know that, right? Yeah. Human people could have taken, like, it's a good concept. Like, it's a, it's a good concept, but humans can make it work, not just pass off the AI. Yeah. And just, like, good opening credits. Exists. So the whole point of the intro is, like, it's supposed to be shifting, like there's a soulless alien presence or some yeah. something like that. It, again, an indictment to... Upon the whole production, really. Um, but who knows? And We're still in early days of, of AI, I guess. So, uh, and I'm terrified. Obviously, uncharted territory for how MCU is going to, if they're going to flounder from here on out, because they've just, man, they are taking L after L after L. 
And uh, <sighs> so, you know, every, 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 not every medium, but everything has its time. And uh, yeah. perhaps we are witnessing the twilight and uh, uh, the twilight of this MCU universe. Or I could be completely wrong because I am wrong about so many things. And I'm a chump. <laughs> I'm in an office with no air conditioning with oh. a uh, <laughs> with an ice pack on my lap. So, you know what? Actually, I give it up. Marvel, you know what you're doing. Disney, Bob Iger, you son of a bitch. Keep on doing what you're doing. Hail you, sir. <gasps> Hail Hydra. Okay. Uh, but Severance. Severance, though. I want to praise Severance. Mm-hmm. Okay. For the, for the intro. Have you seen the opening credits for Severance? Or seen Severance at all? On Apple TV Plus? Oh, Severance. Yeah, Severance was cool. I, I do like that. That was, okay. that was good. Yes. That, that's a good opening intro. But... And thank you for letting... Yeah, now I remember one other one. So that was really good, yes. <laughs> but, oh, not Secret Invasion. And I'm, I'm worried about AI. Just like, have you seen Black Mirror? Yep. The new one? The Zone is Awful. The Zone is yeah. Awful episode. And it's like, yeah. it's funny how, how well that has aged. Already. Immediately, it just took off. Like, yeah, it was it was a duck to water. Um, and well, got... it makes it makes it easier when you make your dystopia show that we are living in some somewhat of a dystopia right now. We're, like, we're living in a dystopia where we have to be worried about oh, the studios want to use AI to create uh, to to copy people's likenesses and use them for background actors and they don't have to give any compensation yeah. for using the likenesses. I hope I'm have not to... getting too political on here. I'm so, I apologize if I've stirred the pot or anything like that. I, well, you know what? Politics, you know, I don't care about the politics on this show. <laughs> it's important to me. It's important to me. <laughs> and so the show, again, I just met on it. One more thing I will point out before we get into our wind-up tour yeah. is that I really appreciated how in Captain Marvel, how that movie subverted our expectations as to how the scroll should be depicted. Because typically, you know, they've been villains, especially in the comics. So people going into that were like, oh, the scrolls are obviously going to be the villains. But then, oh, wait, it turns out the movie subverts our expectations. It turns out they're the victims and the three other ones who have been uh, conquering them and subjugating them. And Carol Danvers teams up with the with the, the scroll, teams up with with Talos, he's just trying to save his family and the other scrolls have been held captive. And I really like that. And then I don't I feel I feel like Secret Invasion does kind of slip back into into the expectations that we would have anticipated of how the scroll should be like, oh, they're the villains, or like, you know, I and, you know, this does portray, you know, some scrolls as being just, you know, scrolls who want to just live their lives, not trying to take over humanity. But then it, we do have other scrolls who do want to take over humanity, you know, take over the Earth. And I feel like, you know, parts of the show do play into the, you know, play into anti-Semitic conspiracy theories about, like, oh, mm. you know, people wanting to create this whole secret organization to take lizard over the world. Literal lizard people. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, you know, even if the depiction itself is an anti-Semitic, it has the anti-Semitic roots. And even like, mm. even now, even our concept of shapeshifters, you know, even if you, if you look into how shapeshifting characters have been depicted in fiction, mm-hmm. often it is kind of in a villainous light mm-hmm. and, and a way to use their powers. And of course, these depictions do have links with homophobia and transphobia, and it's just like, eh, I don't know. 
I, I like to flesh out portrayal in Captain Marvel more. That's what I'm saying. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, point <sighs> well taken. Thank you. And so I feel like that's that's what I gotta say for my general thoughts and feelings. So yeah. now let's get into our wind-up scores for Secret Invasion. Now this is a score that ranges from zero to a hundred. So, guy, what is your wind-up score? Uh. I don't recall what the lowest I've given one of these shows is. I, I'm just, I, I, I want to give it a three, but I'm, I'm just going to give it a four just because, uh, you know. Well, crew... okay, wait, 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 wait. Do you mean like a three, like a, like a three or four out of a hundred or 30 or 40 out of a hundred? Okay. Okay. 30 or 40 out of a hundred. Okay. Okay. 30 or 40 out of a hundred. Uh, okay. no, no. Uh, there's no production really out there that I've come across that is, completely beyond at least some redemption of the uh the crew who worked really hard on it or this just didn't work for me and i was bored to tears and uh again i you know I, i'm a i'm a basic i'm a basic dude i just don't want to be bored with, with some of these things and um you have oh, a, yes, and uh this 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 bored me it bored me and uh the moment there it built up better in the last uh couple episodes but just I was kind of I was kind of done I think and uh, it's unfortunate because a lot of people you know the, the cast is doing well I mean Olivia Coleman was great uh, oh, I yeah. think she was one of the the, the shining uh, uh, parts of it uh, the villain the actor who I don't know what it, like what it was I can't recall his name he he gave a good performance in the very last episode but everything else like he wasn't oh, to work with uh, so Kings, I Kingsley like, Benedict. That's it. Yeah. So there's a specific scene in the last episode where he, I, I really enjoyed it. I could really see his, his, uh, his anger, and it was, and it, it was beyond just the comic booky, horrible, Marvel villain anger, and was mm. verging on, um, actually a good dramatic actor being like, I'm gonna act the shit out of this anger. Uh, so I, I like that, but everything else, I was just, I was just sleepy. Oh, I understand that. I understand that. And by the way, Tanksy Benadir is also in Barbie as well. So, you know, really good to see, good to see oh. him, you know, being in a big movie like that. I still have not seen, nor have I seen Oppenheimer. Same for me. Same oh, for me. Oh, boy. But I, I will. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, same here. All right. So, that's your wind up score. My wind up score, I'm going to go for. You know what? I was gonna, I was originally gonna say forty out of a hundred, but you know what? Talking about just more with you, I'm, I'm, I'm I'll have to drop it down to thirty-five out of a hundred. Oh, wow. Because yeah, I yeah, this is a my least favorite MCU show. As I said before, you know, other shows have their flaws. I think previously my least favorite show had been What If, and it's not like What If was even like a bad show. Like I still, you know, I enjoyed good parts of that of that show. Some mm. some ample chunks of what if, but uh, Secret Invasion just reaches a new low. Well, again, I just feel so mad towards it, mm-hmm. and I shouldn't feel so mad towards it. You know, even with even with She Hulk, which I still like. You know, I like She Hulk. You know, kind of even with its big flaws. You know, I have strong opinions towards that show, as you know, we did. We had the discussion last yeah, year. Yeah, I have strong opinions towards it. I hated some parts, and then I loved some other parts. But at least I had strong opinions. Yeah, I mean, I feel like She-Hulk, uh, the consensus, if you if you followed online discourse, which I sometimes do, um, but 
people were having a beef with that show because the writers didn't know about you know the legal process or didn't really follow any kind of like legal dramas or anything so it was very hard for yeah. them to write uh legal dialogue uh but that's fine you can a lot of a lot of a legal system and when you're an attorney is a lot of a lot of theater and presentation, you know, showing evidence. So I, I think there was a lot of stuff they could sink their teeth into. For this one, it's just relying on a lot of shitty tropes of just like, Mr. President, get over here. No, this is for the country. I'm a good soldier. My people were killed. You know, I, I'm like, fucking shoot me, Nick. I was going to say Nick Cage. I'm like, Nick Fury, <laughs> Nick, Nick Cage, come here and shoot me. Okay, I'll shoot you. Um, <laughs> It yeah. This was like this was like babies. If babies liked Watergate and tried to write a script, this is what it would be. And then they fed their 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 shitty baby Watergate script to an AI algorithm, and the AI algorithm farted out a show. This is what it'd be, which is like, oh yeah, it, it goes from beat to beat to beat to beat. It's hitting everything it needs to hit, technically, but it's just so, it's missing. so basically. Basically, baby's first political thriller, I suppose. Something yes, along those yes. Lines. Watergate, but, political thriller. Yes, I, political thriller. But imagine, imagine if Nick Cage did just, did just slide his way into this show. You know, that, just randomly thinking about that. Yeah, he's just, he's just 2006 Ghost Rider with his really bad skull that's very, very white. <laughs> And the fire is just very weird. He's, like, he's got his chain whipping around. Yeah, yeah. His motorcycle. These, uh, these scrolls can go to hull. Uh, try to rhyme scroll with hull. Yeah. <laughs> did what I could. It was bad. You did your best attempt. I did. Not, but thank you. <laughs> well, well, well. That's that's how I want to score for Secret Invasion now. So uh, let's just dive into the breakdown now. Get into the episodes. So, listeners. If you haven't seen Secret Invasion yet, I suppose you could pause this podcast, you know, maybe, I don't know, go, I can't even say, I can't even confidently say go check it out, <laughs> like I usually do for these podcasts. I don't know. If you haven't seen it, whatever, if you have seen it, or if you can listen in, or if you haven't seen it, but you're okay with spoilers, but you know what? This is not like one of the, oh, aside from like maybe a couple plot points. This is not like one of the hugest spoilery things in the MTU. Right. So, I don't know. Just tune in if you feel like it, honestly. You don't, you don't have to watch Secret Invasion. I'm just going to say that right now. No, you, do, <gasps> you definitely do not need to see Secret Invasion. <laughs> I have watched, I've only watched like a couple of the films leading up to this, and I have been, I have surprisingly been understanding what has been happening in between without having seen multiple properties. So, yeah, you yeah, do not yeah. need to sit through this. I feel like sometimes MCU can get like that. Although, did you watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? That is one I do want to watch, because... Okay. Now, that is a good one. Obviously, it's Guardians. I feel like, you know... Yeah. It's good. It's, it's, it's good. Really good. And I like James Gunn. So. Yeah, definitely. Oh, all right. Well, we, now let's get into the breakdown of Secret Invasion. Uh, the first episode, Resurrection. Ali Salem was the director. In fact, Salem was the director of all six episodes, and... Resurrection was written by Kyle Bradstreet and Brian Tucker. What do you think of this first episode? Because I remember liking it, one and all. It was a decent start, aside from one thing that annoyed me, but I want to hear your thoughts first. Okay, here's my thoughts, because usually I take notes when I watch these things. This one, my note was basically like, you know, take that medication that 
the kids on Elm Street and the Nightmare on Elm Street films have to take to stay awake. Um, I, I, huh, the opening, it was okay. It has Martin Freeman, you know, as that one guy who I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. Evan Ross, Evan Ross. He's always popping up. There you go. And then he's, then he's in this, not interrogation room, but it looks like an interrogation room with this really panic stricken young fella, young fella, the guy's like 63, this panic stricken fella. Then there's a chase scene and then Martin Freeman basically kicks a bucket and you turn, it turns out he's a scroll. And you're thinking, has he always been a scroll? But I'm, I'm thinking that, but I'm also not really like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? I'm more like, what the fuck is happening? Which, I, you know, still, it, it it got its fingers in me and I was like ready to, you know, follow it up. And when it did, I, I just, I was on autopilot for the, for the rest of this episode. So you will have to tell me what happens and then I will have to react to it. Like, oh yeah, that, that, yeah, I remember that. Understandable, understandable. Because this first episode, well, you know, I still, yeah, I still like it. It, it, it. For me, it was still pretty, a pretty interesting opening. Seeing uh, Everett Ross turn out, oh, it's a scroll. I liked it. It was like, oh, okay, you know, strong twist in here. Although I will say it was spoiled for me before the show. I, it's mm-hmm. funny, I saw a picture and then I was like, oh, I guess, I guess Everett Ross is a scroll. But then I somehow forgot about it and I was watching the episode. But then a few seconds before it happened, before he fell, I was like, oh, wait. Scroll, scroll time. That's right. But <laughs> scroll time. So a little, an interesting, an interesting little twist when it came up, and then I watched the AI opening credits. I hated those, and then we're watching the story begin with Fury and 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 Talos, and they're trying to work out all of this scroll stuff, and we're having to worry about about uh Gravik, who is going to be turned out to be the main villain, played by King Benadir. And he's the one leading this whole rebel group of, you know, the rebel scrolls who are planning to uh, take over Earth. Yeah. And then we also have Amelia Clark playing Agaya, Talos' daughter. Yes. And, oh, I see. I feel like, do you have any thoughts to offer? I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to shit on anybody, but I don't know. Like, I was feeling everything was bland. Like, I don't... Uh, these characters, when I saw Amelia Clark, I didn't know she was in this show, and I haven't really followed oh. her career outside of Game of Thrones, you know, and um, I just, I think the last thing I ever watched her in that wasn't Game of Thrones was that Terminator Genesis movie, and I'm like, oh. this is, this is, uh, this is not great, but again, it's, it's very much just like, I'm capable protagonist, but a minor protagonist. I'm driving the, the story forward, but I'm also almost a tertiary character until I'm not. Um, uh, I, 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 yeah, I was just trying to figure out what's, what's happening. Okay. So the scrolls are back on their scrolls are still on earth, but now there's more scrolls and now I'm trying to figure out who these people are in relation to them. And, uh, honestly, even like two episodes in, I'm like, oh yeah, that right. She's, she's the daughter of, of dude. Okay, okay cool. Okay, was, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Taylor's <laughs> Taylor's Taylor's love me some Taylor's. <laughs> Interesting. I, I don't know. I, I I'm being very feel, brutal. I'm so sorry. I'm being so brutal on this, but I'm also just like hey, I can't recall. I can't recall. It's like I know, got the. It's like the Men in Black. You know, put that pen in front of me and just and my memory 
of like the first four episodes is gone. So it's <gasps> for a show for a show like this for a show like this. Honestly, I can understand that. Yeah, for, for a show that's yeah. so mad. And for my uh, for, for my plot, I would say that Gaia was okay as a character. I don't know. Like I I'm not like oh my god, she's amazing. But I'm not you know she she has some interesting moments. You know I you know her dynamic with her dad. You know, there's some conflict there, and how they're trying to fight for for their species, for the scrolls, and trying to trying to find a place to live and be, you know, be happy. Mm-hmm. And there's some some interesting meat there, but I don't think the show could fully explore it. Well, properly. yeah, and it's it's a lot of talking about the what happened to them, and you just see them in their little, uh, like they're kind of like in a. It's is this episode though where we find out where they are? Is it? Where the full scrolls are living? I don't know. I, I, I forgot. Well, well, yeah, it's just like, again, like this is another thing. It was a lot of talking about what's going on and how people have been and how they've been feeling. And that can be good if you have good dialogue. It was, very dialogue. It, was right, it was very talky. It was very talky. Talky can be fine, but it has to have good writing. And this, I got, I'm going to sound like, uh, you know, first your film kid like you know show don't tell and uh, it's just it was just so much telling telling yeah. on itself mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was and i don't okay so i don't remember specifically when we found out where the scrolls are living but mm-hmm. basically there is a scroll compound mm-hmm. uh, based in russia there's even like a whole new new scrollos where scrolls have been living in russia which ends up becoming a whole focal point later on in, in the show. Yeah. Also, Skrullos, that's what I know. This is probably thing from the comic books, but this is one of the things that also like, it's funny to me because I'm like, Skrullos, it's, like, it's just like, if we were humans, if we're humans and we didn't call earth earth. We called it just like human boopy or something, you know, like <laughs> I come from human boopy where all of my fellow humans live. This That's the capital human bopolis, <laughs> you know, um, uh, whatever that's a silly thing also we find out i think it's this episode that they um the the scrolls and radioactivity i believe radioactivity that's right radioactivity yes. because okay i know it's something ahead but i gotta i gotta point this out now so radioactivity how are the humans not affected by the radiation later on i mean you can take i like i i think for like outer areas of chernobyl and stuff you still have like wildlife living around there too, but there's certain pockets where you can hit where it's like really is high radiation levels. But I think you can actually take the iodine tablets. I, I don't know what the safe level is hmm. um, uh, of it because you know my my education in in nuclear power, nuclear energy, and radioactivity is all from The Simpsons and Chernobyl, the the miniseries. So don't trust me <laughs> on anything. But I do believe you can like iodine tablets. Because that like concentrates it, I think you absorb a lot of radiation through your thyroid, I believe, and um, I think the iodine tablets do something to the thyroid that stops it from absorbing as quickly or as much. Um, but but the humans who were paralyzed, who were trapped down there, weren't be given. Oh, I'm assuming right. those guys, iodine oh, tablets. Oh god, they're fucked. They are just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god! It's, yeah, so yeah, we do see in this episode where they've been keeping all the humans. They've been basically shape shifting and turning into their doppelgangers. And they and they and they have like, and they absorb some memories and they have some traps. It's like electricity right. around their heads. Right. It it looks like 
this is the thing like if they went full comic booky with it i'd be like that's cool because they're trying to keep it like this grounded uh, this grounded reality look where everything's a little yeah. darker and grittier it just looks like the dumbest thing you've ever seen because all of a sudden there's these people that are yeah. just standing with their backs against grating with these weird like mad scientists bolts of energy blue energy shooting into their temples as they're asleep and i'm like wow so not only are they in a a, a site that's full of radioactivity but they their blood is rushing straight to their feet they are going to be so woozy their feet are going to kill like they've probably oh. been standing straight up for i would for say years, six maybe? months yeah they would they I would thought, be like I, blood clots i think so yeah. something would have to be amputated yeah that is that is an issue a plot hole <laughs> yeah yeah by the way, uh, Skrullos is a thing in the comics. It's the ancient homeworld of the Skrulls. Right. But New Skrullos is a new thing for, created just for a secret invasion. It's okay. the, you know, as I said, just where the Skrull Council settled to plan a secret invasion. An abandoned, undocumented nuclear site in Russia because mm-hmm. they have, the Skrulls have their radiation immunity. So they turned it into a whole refuge. Right. You know, they they could be to those people that are frozen against the walls. I mean, they could come around and just give them iodine tablets. Like they could feed it to them like a dog. When you feed a dog medicine, <laughs> just open up the mouth and just massage it down their throat. Aww. Oh, they could. Aww. They could. Oh, Good roadie. That'd be, that'd be so kind. Yeah. Uh, and then I suppose the one more thing I'll point out about this, this first episode is the terrorist bombing at the end. Mm-hmm. Which is followed by Gravik killing Maria Hill while disguised as Fury. Right. And this is the thing that annoyed me, as I said before, because why do we have to keep killing off women in the MCU specifically in this specific fashion? And I didn't realize this until I saw a tweet, but a tweet pointed out how we often get the same framing. The camera often shows it from the same specific shot where we get up from the, from the, up from the sky, up above the people who are killed was Gamora, was Natasha, and now was Maria Hill, was like their bodies are kind of like splayed out on the ground and we get it from directly above them. And right. it's like, I'm hoping this is coincidental, but still, even if it is coincidental, why are you doing this so much, MCU? Yeah, because you're, I figure if they have been cribbing the same style of how they're killing off their, their people, you know, doing their surprise deaths, then I think, you know, People say audiences aren't dumb. Uh, that's not true. I'm dumb. Uh, but there are things where, like, if you telegraph something so continually and so often, like, I I, I knew she was going to get killed at that moment because things are starting to go slow motion as well. And oh, you did? You, you, you did? You saw this coming? I, I, I got the... Maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing a bit of, like, uh, lying. <laughs> but, no, I think, I think I'm, like, some... I knew somebody was going to die at that point. And I think I was in my mind thinking, man, they probably are. They're probably going to try and kill off Maria Hill because she's like the one character who seems to be the constant in Nick Fury's life across these films and across, well, every everything we've seen so far. So I'm betting they will probably try to up the stakes because this is about Nick Fury and they're probably going to try to take somebody away from him because he hasn't really lost anybody that much yet. Like yeah. one of his constants and... Also, maybe Colby Smulders' uh, contract was up, and they're like, "Oh, what? Give her an extra three million? Fuck no! Uh, kick her out! Kick her out! Yeah, it just, it just, I didn't care. I was like, I, 
also like I didn't I never really cared that much about Mary Hill like Colby Smulders is great but uh I again there's so many characters in, in this cinematic universe it's hard to care about each and every one especially when people have been blipped away and then been brought back yeah. I mean it's it's the same thing with Dragon Ball where where I feel like because this is comic books you can always be like, oh, a wizard brought her back to life. Oh, great. There's no stakes to anything. And uh, yeah, I got that. And so it just didn't work. For and that's why and that's why I feel conflicted now about Hill's death, because now her death is permanent. Like, I thought they were going to re- revive her, but like, no, it's permanent, I guess. Even even Colby Smulders has talked about, oh, like, no, this is permanent. This is it for, for Hill. And it's like, oh, I guess it's permanent. So I guess. Okay, adding stakes, but also I don't know about turning her off specifically, and I don't know again turning off another main woman character in the MCU and using her to drive a man as in Fury, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like fitting her in that fashion. I don't know. Imagine if they killed Fury in that episode, and then it was just Maria Hill the rest of the time. <laughs> it was oh my! After selling us the whole time that Fury is the lead character, yeah. Imagine how many people would be so angry oh my god yeah um but she's not she's not gone forever i mean we have they have a multiverse of madness they're they're oh they do yeah they have a multiverse you know the mcu wants to use a multiverse you know that i know i know yeah but still it's it, it, it's, it bugged me. It bugged me. So they kill, they kill her and it's Gravik and, you know, he looks real yep. evil. He has these, that actor, uh, uh, his his eyebrows, man, they're just perpetually in scowl mode, right? So he, he <gasps> was he was born to play a villain. So yes. I just wish it was a better villain. That's all. Uh, uh. But yeah, here, again, Coda disguised as fairy. And now we've got episode two, Promises. The teleplay is by Brian Tucker, and the story is by Brant Engelson and Tucker. And this episode, I remember, uh, I remember being okay with it. It was not like fantastic, but I was still invested by this point. I was like, okay, you know, it's going slowly, slower than I like, but whatever. We have some good moments here, like the prologue, it's very entailed, introducing the scroll to Earth, and you know, there's some scroll transforming into humans, right. so like starting to make a home here. I like, I like, I really like this conversation between Fury and Talos when they're on that chain, mm-hmm. and Fury was talking about his childhood and how and and the segregation mm-hmm. that he had faced, mm-hmm. and they had to bring their own food on board because they were bribed from the dining car. Mm-hmm. And I like how that whole relation, like, and how like his black identity he was relating that to scrolls and the discrimination that they have to worry about and yeah. being feared for being othered. I really like that whole conversation. What mm-hmm. do you, you know? Just, any thoughts in the second episode? Uh, again, uh, no. I I was sleepwalking through it. I was sleepwalking through it. Like Sam Ooh. Sam Jackson is is the best. He's one of my favorites. But I gotta say, I just like I wasn't. I just wasn't feeling it. Like I uh, I, I do like they they were trying to touch go places. I mean, they they kind of explored some of this. I think a lot better in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um. You know. I, uh, mm. I need to re- I do I do want to rewatch that show. I'm worried about how I think of it. I feel like some parts I won't like as much, but other parts I'm like I, I feel like this still holds up. I don't know. I'll watch. I'll rewatch it sometime. I mean, I was still not a fan of that show. <laughs> Quite frankly, like I think my my opinion of it has gone down as as the uh, months have 
have carried on, but you know, there were, there were some things that at least stuck out with that. Um, again, I feel like in that show, they're able to show some of the experiences of some of the people that were, had their identities basically robbed by the system and were being employed as, as weapons by the system and um, touched on some of those themes more than just a, a general, like one scene conversation between Talos and, and Sam Jackson. I just, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I don't know, man. Interesting. So did you, you didn't care for it, like even the trans conversation or what? No, they, it, was, it was fine. I just like, it, no, it, it was fine. I just, surprisingly didn't feel as much with this maybe i i just interesting it was hard for me to get emotion from this from this whole uh from this whole show and uh i oh maybe i have to go back and rewatch with my, again clockwork orange baby with my eyes just <gasps> pulled open as much as possible what i remember of that scene is they keep on talking about because they're in russia and they make multiple comments about um sam jack nick Nick Cage. Oh my god, I'm going to keep on calling him Nick Cage. <laughs> Again, no. what if Nick Cage was part of this? How you'll never see a, a black Russian and so that seems to be a running joke for a bit and like, how's, how's Sam Jackson going to, how's Nick Fury going to be able to, you know, hide and stuff? Meanwhile, he's with these aliens I can assume any other form. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't, yeah. Yeah, I I, I I can get that. Again, I still like the conversation, but I can get your energy here. So it's also the moment when, when Fairy said, there's not enough room or tolerance on this planet for another species. Mm-hmm. And I think he said that about Kong correctly after learning from Talos that a, a million scrolls are secretly living on Earth. And right. I thought, I thought like it was really interesting to hear that line from a black man. Mm-hmm. And it just adds some interesting facets to the dynamic. That being said, I do think this could have been explored more if you could have done more with these themes. Maybe, I don't know, because I also feel like this, this show could have done more thematically with maybe themes of, like, what is your true identity? Because I feel like something with shapeshifters, like shapeshifting characters in fiction, is that stories are always concerned about what is your true identity? Like, because, you know, like, oh, like, they're hiding themselves from certain people. Yeah. They have all these different identities they can take on. And so maybe it would have been interesting for this show to take on that theme of, like, what is your true identity? Does that even exist? Can you hold multiple identities and can they all be true at the same time? All be valid simultaneously? Right, right. Maybe the show could have done more with that theme, but it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the scrolls are... <sighs> It's cool because yeah, you dissect it and there is a lot to work with. And I just, I, because they they are they are they are space refugees, and you can draw parallels to basically you know how uh, a lot of um, developed countries have treated their refugees, especially you know who have suffered war with as most refugees do. And regardless, and even here in the U.S., even here in the U.S., I feel no, like oh, definitely, the US, yeah. The U.S. is like this is a, t- a terrifying time right now to be like, and, and my country that I'm, I'm gonna be, you know, political here and say like, I feel like my country is heading towards fascism at this point. It is right. terrifying to watch this happen. Right, and for like, I guess a character like Nick Fury, I mean, regardless of the the, the color of his skin, he's he's been in like a, a, a jingoistic you know, like war machine. <laughs> he's not war machine, but like he's been, he's been, he's been, he's been one of the top guys in this. And uh, yeah. So, I mean, th- there was cool stuff that you could, you, there would be cool things to observe from that and to dissect. But again, it's being dissected in a, in, in a conversation on a train and, and which I just, 
it just didn't work for me. And um, yeah. even though, you know, great actors doing it. Great, and, act, uh, great actors, yeah. yeah. Ben Van Orten in particular, I want to I give, give a shout out to him too because he's he's great. You know, I love him in pretty much every, everything that he's been in, Ben Van Orten, and yeah. particularly play some good villains, you know, even like stuff like Rogue One, uh, you know, Ready That's Player right. One. Even if I don't like like the movies, that he's in or stuff like that, like you know, Rogue One is meant to be Ready Player One, which is so blah. But I like his, I like his performances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then also this episode uh, introduces Sonia Farnsworth, an MI6 agent, played by Olivia Coleman, and I like her character and how ruthless she can be, and ruthless but also really charming. Mm-hmm. And even like she has that whole interrogation in this in the second episode. Remember the interrogation? Yes. yes that was that's... like. That was brutal to watch. That okay, that is yes. So that is what I remember primarily of this episode. Where I'm this is in many ways the most violent uh MCU well, because it's trying to be grounded, uh this is the most violent I've seen them them go so far. Where somebody will shoot somebody, they will hit the back of a wall, you know, their head will make contact, and then there will be a blood splatter there. You know? Um yeah. so they're 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 pushing it forward you know whatever i I guess trying to show real stakes and it it was it was messed up though seeing her going to this interrogation room with this skrull who's basically plain poss and still disguised as a human and she's going there with garden shear snippers and just like clipping off a finger while smiling and and i guess i don't know what we were supposed to feel like am i supposed to feel like are we, is this what the dissonance we're supposed to notice through how, how ruthless these people can be but also she's very charming and she's working on she's working on the good side, but also what's good, what's not. And I feel like that's what, what it was aiming. I feel like that's what it was aiming for. And along with Olivia Coleman herself, who Olivia Coleman herself is also naturally charming. So that her performance adds to the character. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of that Grand Theft Auto five <laughs> scene. There was a controversial scene in that game uh, where one of the missions is you basically interrogate and torture somebody and this just seemed like i never expected there to be a marvel version of this in a in a million years um so it was messed and then she climbs into a vent and i just see this this woman just hobble away in this vent afterwards like i've done my job bye i i again everything strains credulity but I, wasn't she, she injured she, wasn't she injured too yes was, was she, she injured? was she was she i don't i, thought, I don't fucking remember what was she I, I can't, I don't remember. Was did she get like cut or shot? I forget something. Yeah, I feel like something happened to her that she yeah, had to they were shooting that impeded the door. her. That impeded yeah. her as she was escaping. Yeah, but they shot the door. She, they're in like a big meat freezer as she's you know, <laughs> as she's slicing off his finger and also injecting him with a serum that made his blood boil. Yeah, so, and that guy's acting. Now that was that was good pain acting from that character right there. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll never forget that character and his pain acting. Oh boy, rest in peace, that character. <laughs> and then there's an attack outside, and I guess that's uh, the scrolls are trying to uh, stop this or, or get their yeah they're trying to get their guy back so he doesn't spill any secrets about the scrolls and their scroll base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you find out Amelia Clark, um, uh, Gaia is outside and. That's when you discover she may still have allegiances to her father, Talos. Mm-hmm. They've also brought in this other character that means, I feel like doesn't mean anything except is, is window dressing to be sacrificed as well. Cause there's this other character that they bring on this young scroll. 
and um, the character he portrays when he's in human form is this is this black young gentleman. Mm, yep, yep. He he is seen as you know being loyal to the cause, and uh, there's I guess we're supposed to worry that oh boy, Gaia might be playing two different sides, so she's going to really have to play this close to the chest so she doesn't let uh, this new guy know that she might be working for the other side as well. But nope, never really comes up. I feel. Yeah. No, I actually didn't really care. No, nothing yeah, mattered. I think Be- I think Beto is, is the character you're talking about, and who Beto again, O'Rourke. Talking... Yep, <laughs> Beto O'Rourke. That's it. Beto that's O'Rourke on one. a skateboard, hang ten pa- <gasps> El Paso. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, but jumping ahead, though, he does get killed off at, at the end. Just jumping right. ahead. And... Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> But, so what happens? Yeah. What happens after they get out? They uh, so Olivia Coleman hobbles away. Uh, oh, is this? Uh, yeah, what happens? Oh, uh, so <laughs> one of the minions, Pagan. He's one of the school minions. He shoots that guy. The guy you're interrogating. Right. Shoot, kills him. Kills him off. I predicted that coming. By the way, I was like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna let this interrogation guy oh, go God, free. No. No, no, not at all. Gravik. He lifted a human up into a meat hook at that meat place yes yeah I was that was like, like whoa. i was i was like good that was good okay very good yeah very, very good, good. you watched good. the boys very good okay <laughs> one more thing is that we find out fairy has a wife apparently and she's a scold <laughs> yeah that's it basically all right this was the end yes the, again i was i was with my nightcap uh in my in my scrooge in my scrooge mcduck bed you know just like curled up watching this is like oh good good for nick fury you know um turns out he's been married to a scroll cool cool is that how that is that how the episode ends it is it ends with this whole twist and and the thing is she's a scroll like so she's she's in the kitchen and we find out like her her scroll name is rara her original name is rara but then her human name is priscilla and she's in the kitchen she's in scroll form her original scroll form when fury comes home she shapeshifts into a human form. And at that point, I was like, wait, does Fury know she's a scroll? And I was like, but then we find out, okay, he did know. Like, she's been, mm-hmm. so, which is actually, I like that. Like, that's cool. He, he, he's known she's, a, she's been a scroll this whole time. You know, I right. like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, and I guess yeah. I could be saying something about the emotional labor of people. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's anything more than just, she was a scroll. She's just hiding her identity. Whatever. Not everything has to be deep. Lord knows this show isn't. All yeah. right. Uh, but I did like our twist, you know, came at the end of the second episode. Then we have episode three, Betrayed, which was written by Roxanne Perez and Brian Tucker. I remember this episode coming up, and when I finished it, I was like, okay, I watched that episode. This show is still going slowly. I don't know. Am I still invested? Again, this show, I think this, this episode did have some good parts to it. We had some, you know, we, some talk between Priscilla and Priscilla slash Rara and Fairy and how she resented him for the distance between them. Mm-hmm. And because remember, he did blip mm-hmm. for, for a few years. So mm-hmm. she had to grieve him for some time. Mm-hmm. And I, again, there was some, there's an interesting dynamic between them. And I, it did compel me, but I feel like it could have been fleshed out even more deeply. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a nice standoff between Tatos and Gravik in that restaurant. You know, that was, that was kind of cool to see. And even mm-hmm. like when a whole bunch of scrolls shapeshifted into Gravik's uh, human form to intimidate Tatos. You know, we saw that in the trailer, you know, 
it's a, it's a, it's a nice visual piece. Uh, yeah. You know, something yeah. to entertain me in a show that's so boring otherwise. Yeah, yeah. But then what, what else happens in this one? What, how, what else happens in this episode? Uh, I'm what else literally happens? trying to remember what uh, happens. <laughs> Sonia has this owl statuette. That she's named Nicholas Fairy and she puts an eye patch on it. It was previously named Hoot. Right. I remember seeing that owl constantly. Yes, I, I kept on seeing that owl. I'm like, what's that thing? Okay, cool. So was that like a secret spy camera on that owl at all? Was it? I don't I don't remember it. I don't remember the owl. I don't remember just I don't remember I, Nicholas Fury owl. I always remember seeing the eye. Okay. I just remember because always seeing the eye on the thing. I'm like She puts an eye patch on it. Eye pa- oh the eye patch. Okay, copy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember it being an important plot point. It was just something amusing. And oh, Taylor got pissed off at, at Fairy for not acknowledging all the help that Taylor and the other scrolls have given to him over time. And 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 he feels like Fairy has been ungrateful. Uh, they oh, they went into that home. They went into the home of the of that Robert Fairbanks character and had to stop the plane strike. The plane strike. Oh my god. There's a submarine. Remember this is a submarine. I don't remember any of those. <laughs> I have oh, no god. idea what's going on. Wait, this I do remember oh my god, was I like Jesus Christ. Okay, I don't mind you. So it's a sub it's a submarine. We have to stop a submarine from shooting a missile at the plane. <laughs> And then graphic. It, and then gra- sounds, it all sounds so <laughs> exciting, and yet it didn't. It, meant, it wasn't exciting at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, they're holding. They're holding the scroll hostage, who is disguised as a human dad, and the son was there. Remember, remember the teenage son. The teenage no! son. The teenage. Oh my god. Oh, this is a write-off. Like all of it's interesting. You don't remember that kung fu fight? We're in the in the trees, and then there was a giant owl machine that came down from Mars, and it was like, "I love you. Let me teach you the ways of dance." And oh, okay, but do you, okay, but do you remember Graphic shooting Gaia at the very least? Yes, I remember that near the end. So I remember he, they're in that Graphic, Graphic claims he was like, "Oh, he used his plan to to smoke out the traitor." Yeah. And so he shot Gaia. Yes. Yes. I remember that. And I remember like, oh, how is she going to get out of that one? Uh, so I guess they're killing two women in this, uh, two prominent characters that are female in this show. Until um, we find out that Gaia is actually alive and she survived the shooting. Yeah. Her little thing heals up. Her, her yep. little flesh wound. Enhanced, and I suppose, enhanced healing, healing factor. But is Talos, Talos is still alive or did, no? Oh, no, no. I know. I remember. Never mind. Never mind. I know. Okay. Yep. yep. And then Priscilla went to her safety deposit box to fetch that gun. And then she called someone and said she needs to speak to Gravik. And the guy on the phone was definitely Rody Because I was like, wait, this voice, it sounds, it sounds very familiar. It's Don Cheadle talking over the phone. Right. Right. Yes. Well, I, I do like it when he's at it and you actually... Have him there because he no he showed up before this episode didn't he, he showed up before he was the one he, because we find out that he had volunteered to fire Fury right right when right he, yeah he, he was, was being a big 
he was discussing the scroll stuff with Rose, and they, they even brought up, a, oh, they brought up Alexander Pierce, that's right, they, they referenced Alexander Pierce, uh, mm. Robert Redford's character from right. Winter Soldier. Right. Yeah. I do remember yeah. Don Cheadle being a gigantic dink in this show. Well, and- we find out why he was acting yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, okay, wait, so... Do you have any comments on anything in this episode in episode three? You don't, do you remember three, the submarine? Episode the submarine? three. Episode three is my least favorite episode of this show, which I then won't be surprised if I'm going on Rotten Tomatoes and seeing, oh, it, it rated sixty three percent of approval from people. So I wouldn't be surprised if people like this one and I'm just too uh, dumb for it. Uh, but no, yeah, I remember when the the wife, Nick Fury's wife. Yeah, I'm like, oh no. Is she going to betray Nick Fury? Nick Fury's not going to like that. That was my feeling to it. But then also like the murder of Amelia Clark. This one just, eh, 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 I didn't, I didn't like who a submarine attack should have me on the edge of my seat. No, it did not. It did not have me on the edge of anything. No, it did not. Apparently, if you couldn't, if you can't remember it, oh dear. I can't, I can't remember uh, the seat. Understandable. Uh, one more, okay. A couple more things I'll point out. They do reference uh, Drakoff and the Red Room, apparently because I, I guess it, it was kind of like suddenly revealed at one point that Priscilla, Slash, Vara, and Fury had tried to take him down early on in this episode. Which, I mean, you know, uh. whatever. It's, it's an Easter egg, you know. I'm not, like, crazy about Easter eggs, but hey, you know, it's nice to all mention, you know. They, they were doing, they were right. doing missions together in the, in the past. That's nice. We tried. Ah, it's just like that it's just like in uh, Star Wars uh, Episode 2 where they have Anakin and Obi-Wan and they're riding an elevator and they're just talking about all those adventures they went on before and how much fun they had. And remember that one time? Oh, yeah, I remember this happening. And then they get off the elevator and you've never seen anything that happened that they talked about. You just know oh. from them telling you, oh, hey, we've been through some things. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Some serious no. Shit. Episode three can go to hell for me. Of this yeah. show, not not Revenge of the Sith. That one can go to a different oh. hell. <laughs> one more thing I'll point out about episode three before we move on. It's just a small detail, but mm-hmm. when Talos uh, stabbed Gravik's hand into the table, who boy, I was like, whoa. Uh, yes, that was a- that was brutal. Like I was again, like, and then he and he tears it out, doesn't he? Like, he, he pulled his hand. Gravity yeah. just pulled his hand out through the knife until it came out between his fingers. And I, a character, did the exact same thing in John Wick Chapter Four, and I was like, damn. Oh wow. Damn, this is popping up a bit. <laughs> it's the newest trend hitting TikTok. Gen Z and millennials can't stop sticking knives in their hands and then pulling the blade out. No, no, they got to show the pain. It's so, it's yeah. so agonizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's disgusting, no, but you can't tear your eyes away from it. I would like this in any other. Uh, uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I would like this if it was done in a better production. I, I'm going to just be recycling the same thing. I apologize. <laughs> but these next episodes, these next episodes that we're coming up to, <laughs> buckle up. Buckle up indeed, because now we're getting into episode four, Beloved, which was written by Brian Tucker. Now, in this episode, I remember this episode, I don't know, like, I remember interesting, okay, yes, yes, okay, episode four, interesting stuff does happen in this episode. This is, this is the one where basically Talos gets killed, 
That's like the, the big thing about this episode. Right. And then aside from, aside from that, does Nick Fury? Uh, he he confronts his wife in this episode, doesn't he? In this, is this the same episode he confronts his wife, who had the mysterious call, or is that episode five? Yes, this is this is episode four. Okay. Yeah. Episode four. Okay, so episode four, Priscilla and Rose were talking at the beginning of this episode, mm-hmm. and I suspect it's Rhodey might be a scroll. I remember this. I, I remember thinking, is he a scroll? And and then and Priscilla knows, right? And then we and then Fury is listening and on them he's eavesdropping. And then yes, Fury and Priscilla, they have the whole conversation. And I remember really loving this. Again, for a show it is pretty bland. This is one of the few moments I'm like, oh, this is actually really moving. Mm-hmm. And hearing Priscilla talk about how she had replaced the original Priscilla who had passed away. And she had promised her that she'll never hurt Fury. And and she's like, oh, I'm going to break my promise now. But then they, but then Fury and Priscilla, they shoot at each other. But then they purposefully miss. And it's like, okay, you know, we're going to keep working together. What a trust exercise. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I right? Fall into my bullet. Yeah. Okay. And I, I forget. I wish I could remember which one. But one of them said, I don't know if we should get a divorce or renew our vows. Right, right. Right, I don't remember yeah, what, to that either. I feel like that's what Nick Cage. Nick, oh, <laughs> I feel like I need to put like change in a, a like a swear jar, but it's it's like a Nick Cage jar. I uh, okay, okay, but but what if Nick Cage could say that though? What if he said that to his own wife, who maybe they try to shoot each other? Well, then that's a ten out of ten production. That's going to be in my top ten, man. Oh, definitely. But what do you think about this episode? Tell me your thoughts. Uh, yeah. So that thing, what I recall of this episode is that part with um, uh, yeah, his, his, Nick Fury and his wife, and you know them both shoot, shooting and missing, and then we jump to basically near the end of the episode because I feel everything else is filler leading up to it, where they're on the highway and uh, they're with the president and Rhodey's there. Uh, Fury and Talos are there, and Talos is still, you know, disguised as a human. Meanwhile, you have uh, the enemy. What's his name? Gravik. Gravik and his his goon squad coming from mm-hmm. from like choppers and try to try to kill the president. Ambushing um, the presidential convoy. It was a good action scene, though. That I was like, I was I was happy at this action scene because we had set the stage. I feel like this almost could have happened earlier really like i know you had to build to to a certain extent but man this is obviously one of their big action set pieces and and it works Uh, i'm following what's going on (laughs) and uh uh yeah but i'm then i'm like oh yeah you know that little spidey sense i got with marie hill i'm like yeah talus is probably gonna die i just he was he was set up already as being the you know the old guard for 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 the scrolls, and then you have this new hot shit, you know, guy come in, and uh, of course you need to propel uh, Sam Sam Jackson, you know, to get even, even more. And what better way to do that than also killing his scroll friend? Um, uh. So they do that, but it it it, it worked, and um, I did like the kind of fake out surprise where there is that one soldier who sees Talos basically trying to break open the window of because the president's trapped in his car and the Talos is using his mm. skull strength to try and break the window open, which is like yeah. armor proof window. And you see 
this one soldier look back and see that Talos is shifting between human and scroll because he's been injured. He can't yep, maintain the illusion. There were some stakes there that actually like the way that was edited. I'm like, okay, great. Oh yeah. Oh, if they find out, are they going to start trying to attack Sam, Sam Jackson and Talos just for uh, that soldier that did turn out to be Gravik and uh, then just yes. carry Talos oh. off and then just, you know, stab him in the, in the uh, abdomen. So yeah, it was, it was good. I I, th- I thought this is where it should have gone. If they, this is what I expected the the whole series to be, quite frankly. So I yeah, this this had some good bits in there, some some good stuff, some good meat like you're talking about. The the, the talk between Fury and Priscilla, as I said, you know, quite moving. By the way, it was Fury who said that the whole get a divorce or renew our vows. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then Taylor was getting shot, and then. Gravik gave him the extra blow on top of his initial injuries. It's like, yeah, oh yeah. damn! And here's the thing: I thought, I thought he was gonna stay alive. I thought, like, oh, the episode's gonna end, but surely he'll be alive after this, right? But then it's like, oh wait, no, he is actually dead, which is oh, yeah. surprising to see the MCU stick with this and mm-hmm. like kill off someone who I care about because I I love Tails a lot and mm-hmm. Ben Mendelsohn, uh, his performance as character. And just, uh, I just never saw a lot of him. Like, if, if, if yeah, I wanted to see more of him and see what makes him really different, because again, a lot of like the t- I remember him from Captain Marvel, and then I remember from this. Was he in any other anything else, or was it just these two? I don't know. I think I just I remember him popping up in that post credit scene, if I recall correctly, for Spider Man Far From Home. Right. And I think. Right. Might, is that it? It might be it. Honestly. Yeah, like I, I felt like they did him dirty this time. I just felt like he was, a, he was a boring patriarch kind of. Uh, but it's like the it's Ben Mendelsohn, you know, doing what he does with him that maybe like like him more like than than however anybody else might have portrayed him. I just wish he, I just wish there was more. Like we got to see more stuff between him or 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 serving like some more purpose. Because again, a lot of it is talking about how he's so good and he's been, you know, working so hard for his people. And I just never really saw it outside of them talking about how great the guy was. I I, I can get that. I can appreciate, you know, killing him off with stakes and raising the stakes and all that. But, you know, give him more time as well. That would have been nice too. Mm -hmm. I feel, you know. I feel constricted. What if he came back at the very end? It's like, hey, just a flesh wound, man. And then he just shoots the 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 enemy, the uh, the villain. Oh. Gravel. Gravik. Gravik. Oh. Just take him back. Yeah, give him more of that badassery. Yeah, and then he just lights a cigarette and is like, I'm getting too old for this shit, man. Daddy, oh. you're alive. Yeah, Gaia, your dad's alive. <laughs> Where the party at? Okay, this would be a great film. Although, I will say, there was an editing moment that I didn't notice at first, but once I saw other people point it out, there was a weird editing moment when Fury is facing Gravik and Talos, and it cuts back to Fury a couple times, and it feels mm. like it, it feels like we're cutting back to like the same take mm. of, of the same scene, or something like that, like, of, of Fury like, like having his gun out, and then realizing, oh wait, Gravik's here, and it cuts, and it Cut back to like the same take or something. Arthur, Arthur, some... cut the Arthur, cut them a break. This is a billion dollar company. 
Okay. Oh. Do you think they have the money or time to do multiple takes from multiple angles? Come do on. Do they? Do pull they? Your, pull your head out of your ass. Okay. Oh. <laughs> no, they definitely, I'm sure they recycled. I'm sure they recycled some uh, some of the framing and stuff like that. Maybe. And again, I didn't even notice until I saw a tweet pointed out, and and, and that tweet ended up like it, it ended up becoming like a whole thing on Twitter. So. Oh, really? No. I'm assuming you you probably didn't see it. You probably didn't see it. See stuff getting pointed out on Twitter. No, okay. I, I saw. I use Twitter less and less. I've kind of taken like a giant hiatus. Oh, sorry, the platform known as X. You know, oh, the, coo- the coolest yeah, letter true. known to every boy aged two to seven. You know, true, it will true. always be the best letter in the English alphabet. So uh, it's the most awesomest letter, according to Elon Musk. I'm sure. You know, he yeah, loves yeah, yeah. he loves his letter. He wants to plaster it across the world. He probably, if it were up to him, he'd probably name every single person X. You yeah, know, yeah. maybe X followed by a few numbers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just so many angles in an X too, man. It's just, it's just like it blows my mind. Uh, I mean, I even that, I... even the logo, even look at the <laughs> logo. Don't you just love that logo? I, I, someone pointed out how the logo looks like it should belong to a a membership only human sex trafficking ring that's based out of Budapest. Yeah, it's man. A, it's, a, it's such a good logo. That that logo bangs. Yeah. Let me tell you. Um, I don't, I've, I've not been following the discourse just cause I know also like I'm, I'm probably doing exactly what the discourse is doing, which is just jumping on the corpse of this show and just kicking it while it's down. So there's a certain joy you derive from that. Like everybody loves a good bad show every once in a while. So I don't want to, I don't want to be too unfair, unfair to it. So I haven't been following it as much, but you know, eh, eh, I mean, Yeah, this was great. Oh, that was episode four. And now we've got episode five, Harvest, which is written by Michael Bim and Brian Tucker. And this episode, it builds up, it's building up to the finale. It's the penultimate episode where Gravik gets pissed off at this minion of of his, a pagan, who's questioning his authority, and Pagan, as a, Pagan was the one who killed that interrogation guy earlier. And Pagan is now questioning his authority, but then Gravik kills him. And I was like, ooh, so it's claw marks on his back, because Gravik mm-hmm. ha- is like a super scroll, and he stretched out his arms. His arms yeah, like, I, I know because maybe the budget, you couldn't show a lot of scrolls in their natural scroll look but i'm like when there's just scrolls around scrolls why is gravik not a scroll at all times i'm just like show me the scrolls yeah i want to see the scrolls god damn it yeah uh, and- especially because i feel like story i feel like story wise wouldn't you see them be in a original scroll form if you're in a, in a, in a private space when they when they feel comfortable being yes. looking like scrolls rather than look, being in human disguises yes i don't but- know what yeah. we don't understand is that Marvel, they're very poor, a poor company. They can't afford to pay, you know, a big makeup department or, or you sure. know, to, to, to do makeup on all of these characters or their CGI artists. Or, and, you know, that would extend the shoot by another probably week or two. So come yeah. on, Arthur. That's true. Come on, I said my sympathy is all with the Marvel Studios. Come on, man. No, it was... Uh, yeah, so Gravik is fraying around the edges. He's becoming way more volatile, which I like way more because you need some kinetic energy in this. But still, it's it's still by the numbers, but at least, hey, at least he's going crazy. 
you know, he's going crazy. Uh, Rose, Rhodey, he's pushing President Ritson to bomb New Skrullos because, because uh, Graphic wants to harvest. And it's like, Graphic wants to harvest, but also bombing New Skrullos would then uh, piss off Russia and, and cause this whole world war. And yeah. that's Gravik's whole plan, uh, plan basically. Yeah, they, to... they, they let it know, let it be known in the early episodes that scrolls can survive radioactivity. So if there's a cold war where bombs are dropped all across the world, humans will die and the scrolls will reign, baby. Yep, yep, that is correct. And oh, listen, by the way, uh, I guess we should mention, uh, David Maloney plays uh, the president in this show. Which is right. funny to see him pop up in an MCU property. Also, Christopher McDonald was here. He he's in a small role as one of the one of the scrolls. He's like this uh this newscaster figure who's also oh, oh yes, he's part yes, of, yes. He's part of the secret how- he's part of the secret council. Right. We oh yeah, that secret council scene. I like that secret council scene. That's from like episode one. I forgot to talk about You know what? Okay, I, I did forget to mention earlier. And that was that was a good scene. I did like that scene. Yeah, the whole dialogue between the scrolls and even one yeah. one person one person had to leave because she didn't she didn't agree with the other with the other people and graphics plan she didn't want to yeah. engage in this rebellion yeah but then you see her and she's still joining in right uh i think i saw her maybe i was getting her mixed up with another actor but yeah you find out all these people um these big wigs in society and members of the eu or other governmental agencies and even some people in the media they are scrolls, and they're giving into Gravik because, again, he's such a powerful force. I, I don't know. I don't I fully understand why they were why they're giving in. Maybe it was just pure fear because he's such a, a terrifying figure. But uh, yeah, they also show some division amongst yeah. them. And then this episode, they what, what's what's the name of the actor? I uh, who plays? He's like the Tucker Carlson. Uh- Oh, Christopher McDonald. That's it. That's it. He's he's wonderful. I I never remember that guy's name. I remember him from Happy Gilmore though, and from um, what is that other movie? What is that movie from uh, about drugs from the year two thousand that was done by uh, who did Black Swan? Who's the director that did Black Swan? Oh, oh, Darren. Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky, Aronofsky yeah. Oh yeah. What's what's what is the drug movie? Oh my God, it's the tip of my tongue, and I can't think. Let of me it. see. Let me see. Oh, is it Requiem for a Dream? Requiem yes. for a Dream. Thank dream, you. Yes. You saved my life. Yes. A movie that I saw once, loved, but scarred me so much. It's like that was a really great film. I never want to see it ever, ever again. But he was in that because he was a television personality that was. Uh, did like a game show and he was very creepy in that less creepy in this. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great. I, I, I would have liked to see more of this guy though. Me I would have liked too. to see more of how these guys, how these other scrolls fuck up the world, you know, how, what other things they would could get into just like going down to like waste treatment plants and like turning valves. It's like, now the humans are going to eat poop, you know, in their water, just all the shenanigans. What what plans they're pulling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gremlins. Oh, Let's just see them be gremlins. Just and, they're fucking up the, planes. Just going inside, tinkering. Bunch yes. of planes just start falling out of the sky. We got a plane epidemic. Tons a of planes plane are falling out of the sky. Okay. Oh. I don't. I will. I will say, I 
I like the dynamic between this whole scroll council, but I did feel a little conflicted because, like I said before, the trope of this, oh, a secret council that's, that is intending to, you know, covertly uh, pull the strings around the world, again, yeah. falls into the anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, falls, you know, falls into th- right. that, that trope. At least for this one, though, at least for this one, like, though, they're not going... It was smart though because they employed all the actors. It was like a multicultural cast, so I think it's harder to like to, to pigeonhole it as that. If anything, it becomes I feel like more just like the trope of the the wealthy elite, baby eating Illuminati, which which I think is another troubling one, which they usually tend to throw onto onto uh, the Jews. Uh, so I think they managed to yeah. jump away from that, luckily. But yeah, again, it is yeah. it is oh no, this real conspiracy. It's actually happening. Uh, but it just didn't that's... work though it just didn't i didn't care i didn't yeah it didn't work but you know yeah. and the conspiracy theories you know you're hearing all hearing all that stuff happen i feel like i feel like god i'm hearing more conspiracy talk because of like sound of freedom and that movie coming out and all oh, of the people who yeah. support that movie being like if you hate this then you support child trafficking and you support Babies getting eaten with the blood and the adrenochrome, and yeah. Jim Caviezel talking. Actually, Jim Caviezel was promoting conspiracy theories while promoting <laughs> the movie too. Like he is a full-on QAnon head. It's hilarious like, that the guy who played Jesus Christ in the Mel Gibson movie is. <laughs> this is his trajectory. It's just like, <laughs> I love that. Oh, who did you oh, like? Imagine if I played like Santa Claus in like a Hallmark movie in two thousand, and then I became just this QAnon conspiracy body harvester. You know, just oh, oh, oh. Gina Chrome. You know, Gina Chrome. They are harvesting children to uh, get Gina Chrome and give themselves immortality. And we we need to put a stop to this now. It's, it it's almost really makes pressing. too much sense, you know. Like, yeah. The, the strings, if, if you really focus, you got you to gotta connect the strings, you know? Yeah, and because we both know this now, they're going to come after us, because obviously, so... Yeah, yeah. So. But... Oh, before we move on, Christopher McDonald, Requiem for a Dream. I just, I just needed to mention this. I haven't seen Requiem for a Dream yet, but it's oh, on my gosh. watch list. Oh, yeah. It's on my watch list, definitely. I remember even doing a TikTok where Requiem for a Dream, like, I was doing this filter, and Requiem for a Dream popped up. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen this yet. And a, a whole bunch of people commented on that post, you gotta watch it, but prepare for it. Or, I loved it also when people w- would say, watch it, it's a great family movie. Watch it with your, watch it with your kids. It's so yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Those people are devils. Uh, <laughs> those, those people like adrenochrome. And uh, those... <laughs> <gasps> but seriously though, I will watch it sometime. Yes, please. But I'll, I'll prepare myself. Uh, so what okay. happened? What happened? Oh yeah, so Oh, well, episode five. Episode five was Graphic Killing Pagan, Fury and Sonya. They drive off oh, they drive off. They visit they visit his grave in Finland. Mm-hmm. And he suits up. He even he suits up from that, I don't know, like a mausoleum sort of thing. He even gets this extra eye patch. It's like kind of oh. funny from that mausoleum. Uh, yeah, he hasn't been wearing his eye patch. Oh, right. We forgot to mention he hasn't been wearing his eye patch this whole damn time. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like some. <laughs> this is his suit. It's just a tiny eye patch. It's uh, yep. his iconic look. His iconic look, and and then also Fury learns from Gaia about the Super Scroll DNA. 
we also learn when the when Fury talking with Sonya about superheroes, how they spilled blood in the Battle of New York, and Gravik, he led the collector who harvested that blood. So he already has some blood that he's using to turn himself into a super scroll, but his aim is to get even more out of blood. Right, and for super scrolls, for those who don't know, I guess they're just like they're like better versions of scrolls because they can absorb powers and use powers and shapeshift and uh, the powers from like basically any species. I guess the the only super scroll I remember is the old Marvel card I had uh, from the '90s, which was. Um, because the scrolls, like Super Scroll, was like I think one of the arch villains of the Fantastic Four or something. Because I remember one of them, yeah, Fantastic Four, had, yeah, had had a flaming red arm, had a fire arm like the Human Torch, invisible leg or something like Ben Grimm's arm, and then just like a stretchy, I don't know, yeah, other leg. Because, he, because the Super Scroll in the comics, not that show, but the comics was like bioengineered to absorb the same cosmic rays. The Fantastic Four had absorbed, so that's why the Super Scroll ended up giving, getting the same powers as them. Right, and because and they just have to do this different because they haven't introduced the Fantastic Four yet, or really this concept. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So Gravik trying to turn into a Super Scroll. Mm. Oh, also, Fury reveals to Sonya that his that his wife, that Priscilla slash Rara, is a Scroll, and then she and then she asks, "I like this moment when she asks why he hasn't called down his special friends." And he was talking about that and being like, well, I, I can't really call him down. Like, this is something that I want to take care of myself, basically. Which is kind of like, a, I feel like just brushing that away. It's like, oh, like, so, I don't know. Sorry, the it's special funny. friends. Uh, who's he, uh, and yeah, I was confused. Uh, uh, do they mean the Avengers when he says the special friends? Or does he mean, like, uh, Captain Marvel? I feel like both. I would say Captain Marvel, the Avengers, just basically any superheroes we could call down. And it's funny right. because I feel like audiences always ask that question, like, why don't you just call down the superheroes? I'm sure they could help out, but they often don't do that. And Fury does try to, like, brush that away here, just be like, hey, I want to take care of it myself. But I don't know. I don't know if that's that. It makes sense when nuclear war is on the line. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? They should have done something else like, oh, all of the Avengers have a space cold. They can't do it. It's A space cold. Yeah. A space cold. A few other things that happened in this episode. Sonya shot a politician scroll into a knee. Mm. Mm. There's a cameo from that. Do you remember? uh, have, Have you even seen Black Widow yet? Have you seen Black Widow yet? No, actually, uh, you know, and I only just got, yeah, I, okay. I, I will go and watch that. I will go and watch that. Who was, who okay. was the cameo? <laughs> okay, so I, I don't know, if, but do you remember when uh, Fury got on the plane in this episode and there was this other guy who talked to him on the oh. plane briefly and they were like, oh, no helicarrier. Like yes, no helicarrier. I remember that. I remember no helicarrier. Yeah. That guy. That, that, so that guy in the plane who was briefly there, he he first popped up in Black Widow. Oh, okay. Yes, he he had he, had, he was like a a comrade of of Natasha's, and oh. he was okay. Oh yeah, he was played by O T Fag Bentley. Yeah. Let me see. How how do you and, uh, how do you spell his first name? <laughs> Sorry, we're doing this while we're in the podcast. <laughs> uh, o T. So O dash T. And then Fag Bentley, F A D B E N L E. Oh, oh yes, I do remember this guy. Yes, he was good. He Mick was Mason. Good. I was remember. Mick Mason was his character. Okay. Yes, I was. I had. I had no idea who this guy was, but I'm like, 
Oh, this yep. is good. I like this. I like this guy's, uh, uh, this guy's interplay with, with, with <laughs> Sam Jackson. Yeah. You know, he pops up with his bed. Yeah. He's a smuggler, contractor, and mysterious ally of Natasha Romanoff's. And here's the thing. He's also in Black Widow, but he, he has a small role in it. So just to prepare you for that. Like, he doesn't pop up for all that long. Oh, just I like see. in Secret okay. Invasion. But oh, okay. Who knows? Maybe he'll have a longer, uh, longer screen time in the future. Yeah, what what happened? So he he gets off the plane. I just remember now the ending of it, where where, where Sam Jackson just walks off. It's like time to solve this myself, you know. Time to solve this myself, and then yeah. and then one more thing I'll point out here is that before the whole grave scene with Fury and Sonya, Priscilla and uh, Gaia, mm-hmm. they had the whole funeral for mm-hmm. potatoes. All right. Like they're, they're oh, right. they, they burn him in a pyre like it's Darth Vader it's on the Ewok planet. And then yeah. they escape a home invasion. Right. right. <laughs> Again, one of these things where I I remember bits and pieces. I do not remember it in its full form. You know what? The home invasion itself was not all that necessary to remember. But at least you remember the pyre. I remember the pyre because how else to show your that you really love the memory of somebody than, than burning them in a forest on a, on a pyre. That yes. is, that's how all the spiritual people do it in the movies. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. <gasps> but that's episode five. Do you have any more additional thoughts to add on to that before we move on to the final episodes? Oh no. <laughs> oh no. You're not getting me to talk more about this episode. <laughs> Alrighty. Then we have episode six home, which was written by Kyle Bradstreet and Ryan Tucker. This is the finale. Uh, a whole lot of, lot of crap happens in this finale with Gravik and the Gravik and Fury habit conversation. But then we find out, oh wait, it's actually Gaia who's disguised as Fury. And Gravik that turns into a full-on super scroll, but so does Gaia. Oh, and then President Ritson sends out that hateful announcement about, oh, scrolls are bad. We need to, we need to get rid of all of them. Yeah. And then also Rhodey, we've Rhodey is finally fully revealed at the hospital as mm-hmm. a scroll, mm-hmm. and then Fury and Sonya kill him. Mm-hmm. They should shoot him. Purple blood on the wall. For sure, a good giveaway. This this yes. episode, uh, I did hear, and I don't remember where I heard this, that this is the least liked episode of the whole series, like rate ratings-wise. From what and- I've heard, it is uh, 16% from what I've uh- asked, I think. I don't understand what I like. I, I I honestly don't get it. But then again, uh, I've been sleepwalking through so much of this series. Oh no! Oh no! Thirteen, thirteen percent actually. Thirteen. Oh, oh, it's gone down. Oh, very good. Uh, I, I, um, yeah, this one at least you knew what the full stakes were. Everything was set in motion, and it was it was darting back and forth between the, you know the two locations. So you're in the hospital with the president, and uh, the the president you know has Rhodey by his side, and Rhodey's trying to tell him launch you know launch the order, or, you know start war with Russia. Um, and a, and, and a, in a hospital room that's quite fancy, I must add. Yes, well, anything for the president. Um, <laughs> and then we cut back to like that nuclear whatever place <laughs> a nuclear facility with gravic and um who we think is sam jackson and sam jackson has given up and is frail and is apologizing and gravic the actor he's giving a, he's a giving a good performance uh he really yeah, loses yeah. his shit 
in this at one point. I don't remember what he says, but I just remember it. He was almost like a snarling dog at one point. And I was like, I wish I saw this a little earlier, but then you wouldn't have been able to build to this, I guess. But yeah. Uh, and then it turns out, no, surprise. It's actually me, Gaia. Hi. Uh, you know, Nick Fury told me all these things and I am imparting them because I'm also a really good actor. Um, and uh, then we cut back and then Nick Fury uh, is back at the hospital and he was he was like knocking people out with a trank gun and then you find Olivia Coleman's there and she's helping and they kill Brody. And, you know... Scroll Scroll Brody. Not the real Brody. Scroll Scroll Brody. That's it. Scrody. Scrody. <laughs> yeah, he's a Scrody. Um, oh. I heard someone else. I heard someone else make that exact same joke. Really? I mean, wow. it is the natural conclusion to it is. You know, it is. two and two together. Yeah. Um, so Scrody gets wiped, and then Gravik it gets into this big fight with uh, the other soup uh, with her, and she turns out to be a super scroll as well. Because and she, was, they have she was inside the chamber, which yeah. I feel like that was a bit. I, was this whole thing planned out for her to be in the chamber with him? And I'm kind of like, you're leaving it up to chance here, aren't you? That you were able to come in here with your with your iodine pills, mm-hmm. and then you you happen to just fall inside the chamber. What if Gravity kicked you out of the chamber, and then you wouldn't have gotten the super scroll powers? I don't know. Shh, you're gonna blow it for everybody. Um. So yeah, they have the fight, and now Gravik is actually very CG. Because they make him very buff and very big, which yeah. I'm like, oh, I thought this was how it was always going to be. So I'm, I was like, I probably would have been dis- almost disappointed before. If I, I don't know what will please me anymore. I don't know. But all of a sudden, his arms turn into like Korg, and then another arm's turning into I don't know, like Thanos, and they're just alternating different limbs. Uh, nothing really else changes. Uh, oh yeah, except they get an aura, both like Miss Marvel. Or Captain Marvel. Um, yeah, the aura. They have a fight again. I don't care too much about it, but at least it's. I would say it's visually, and I don't even know if it's visually interesting. It's interesting in that you have these two juggernauts doing things with their juggernaut powers. So I do find that interesting um, to an extent. Ultimately, he Gravik gets killed pretty brutally he gets a he gets a big chunk of his torso shot away by like a beam from from gaia uh but it's also very much like oh that was it i felt like this guy okay i mean we i guess you had to but i thought it would have been even more of a struggle but again we're we're jumping back between these two scenes back and forth and uh then it wraps up with sam jackson going to his et ship with his wife who's like I don't want to leave. Okay. But I want to come. Okay. But I want to stay. Okay. But can I come with you? Okay. But I want to be myself. Okay. Can I be myself? Okay. Okay. Yay. And then they go away on their ET ship and they fly off. And then we have uh, Olivia Coleman run into Gaia, who's wearing her little badass leather jacket in the city in an alleyway and yes. uh, olivia coleman says witty things like oh i could i could never dare take you on what what and um <laughs> wants her to join i guess the british avengers initiative or doesn't say this but like please work for us it'll be good because we're both manipulating one another um and then it ends and i'm like okay 
I'm done. Oh, and then there's a post credit <laughs> scene. And the post credit scene, I have no fucking idea what's going on because I think Loki is there. Or no, no, this isn't Loki. I'm I'm thinking of Quantum Mania. What is the what is the post credit scene for this show? Uh so so wasn't a post credit scene though. There wasn't wasn't there at least like a little bit through the credits, Wait. not at the very end? Uh I, I wait. No, so no, there wasn't. There wasn't a post-credit scene. No, I just had to double check. Oh. There wasn't. I thought for a second maybe I forgot, but no, there isn't. Okay, okay. Then I literally just thought of Quantum Mania at the very end here, where I was like, "Oh yeah, oh, I'll take some." Okay, yeah. You're thinking of Lo- you're thinking of Quantum Mania because there was the Loki, the whole Loki thing at the end. That's it. And I was very much like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> oh, so you, so you, so you watched Quantum Mania, did you? Yeah, well, I, uh, <laughs> yes, after I watched this, I'm like, maybe Quantum Mania will fill me in on what I missed. And then I watched it, I'm like, I'm even more confused now. And... <laughs> oh, no. So, you watched Quantum Mania after Secret Invasion? After I watched Secret Invasion, I watched Quantum Mania. Oh, no. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I find this person or that person has been included. Like I, again, you told me about this one, this one cameo by this one guy from, um, from black widow. So I'm like, Oh, maybe there'll be, maybe there's something else. And, uh, Nope, Nope. I just fabricated the post credit scene and, uh, transplanted it into, uh, into this, uh, wonderful show. So anyways, I, I'm readjusting my score. I'm giving it a four. It's not a three. It's a four. Which is All not right. good, but yeah. Well, episode six, I I don't think it's worthy of the thirteen percent. No, on Rotten Tomatoes, I don't think it's that bad. It's honestly pretty okay compared to other finales, especially for other shows. It builds up some tension. It cut, like you were saying, it cuts back and forth between the scenes pretty well, not masterfully, but okay. Like hey, it mm-hmm. keeps it keeps me engaged. It was interesting to watch Gravik and Fury have the confrontation as you pointed out and 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 graphic really expressing some 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 resentment that he's been holding in mm-hmm. towards fairy because i feel like because i feel like he uh, he he cared about fairy he looked up to him mm-hmm. and he and now he, he's grown up to hate him and mm-hmm. i even like when graphic talked about how he was the first he, like he he his human form looks like the first human he had killed on a mission that fairy had sent him on mm-hmm. and just and you can you can feel some pain coming from him and credit to Kingsley Benadir for the performance mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and then and and then I actually I gotta say this maybe I was just being a bit too naive but I actually didn't see I didn't predict Fury mm-hmm. uh being like oh wait it's actually Gaia I didn't see that coming yeah. what yeah. about you did you see it coming uh I so no this one I was. I had no idea what to expect. I thought I thought it was Fury, but I thought because I'm like they wouldn't just have it turn out to be her because she's our the Fury we see is is telling some pretty revealing things, and I guess a person that's not Fury could fill in the blanks and act their way, you know, could improvise as I Fury. Thought. But like doing it this convincingly, I didn't think. Even, I don't just because your skull doesn't give you great acting powers. No, no. Um, and, I guess Gaia. Guy was just a really good actor here, I suppose. Yeah, and I, and I just thought like maybe it would have going to be like Nick had something up his sleeve, and 
I thought, honestly, I thought maybe he, they were going to kill him off, which, you know, I, I would have been, I don't know, because it's this show. I'm like, whoa, that probably wouldn't be a great way to go. Uh, uh, but I don't know. I, I and, guess. And the pills. I did like the pills. Like, guy I was acting to the pills and was having to be sick from the radiation. Yeah. And just. Stuff like that. Yeah, and I thought the ra- in radiation usually takes a while. I bl- I thought you know I don't think it would be like an immediate thing unless it's like really really oh. powerful. Like, I, well, again, it is a it is a nuclear site. Who knows how powerful yeah. ra- how powerful yeah. radiation is there? And, uh, there is and- one part I forgot though, if mm. I could just for one moment because I think it was probably the, I think this it was saying stuff more than the rest of the show, and and it showed. I think it was trying to show what the thesis was, which I don't even know what the thesis was, but when the president uh, admonishes, you know, other races from ever coming onto earth, that he will basically kill them all. And he uses that harsh language. I will kill you if you come onto my planet. And then we just cut to a bunch of scenes of a a lot of like dignitaries or people in media just getting shot by vigilantes in cold blood. Yeah. That stark realism of just, like it's secondhand footage, like a camera crew filming a press conference and then somebody coming up and shooting somebody in the chest five times. And that, I yeah. think, I think that was far more powerful and in a better show, it would have really, really hit. Whereas this one was just like, oh, God damn. Like, why didn't this happen earlier then? It's like, because it's such a powerful moment. And I feel like, I feel like the show does end where it's, could have started was it really it is moving to watch and it's frightening mm-hmm. it, you it can it can remind you of real things that are happening here mm-hmm. of politicians stirring up fear towards mm-hmm. people who are othered and then the, the followers people who are just loyally following them and are falling into that hatred and it's just like oh damn we're watching this happen here and christopher mcdonald his character he got shot he got killed yeah. And yeah. and then and then there was a politician who got killed, but she was a human. And so it's like, yes. oh, so it's, it's hurting both humans and scrolls. That was the point. That was a, that was also the point where like uh, I thought because it was just the show. Like it is dark, even killing like alien refugees that were shape shifting. Like that's one thing. But then to have these other casualties caught in the crossfire as well, like added a little bit of realism. That was like, oh yeah, goddamn, goddamn, yeah. Because- yeah, it speaks to how bigotry it doesn't it doesn't affect just the people who are being targeted by it. It also hurts other people too. Yeah, and, and it reminds and, like the, the parallel for me is like there was a when 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 was it the uh, British election near Brexit? There was that one. There was that one MP from the Labour Party, and I think she was um, against Brexit. And there was a constituent in, in, in Britain that shot shot her and she died. And then, oh. uh, uh, I, I, was that before Brexit? I think it was before Brexit. God, it feels like a million years ago. I think this might have been 2015 or so. But yeah, it was it was just oh. one of the supporters, uh, the pro-Brexit supporters just shot a politician, you know, and, and they, they, they died in, in Britain. And this was in Europe, I believe, where it was a, a European politician. I thought it, it looked like it was Britain, the politician. But I could be wrong. It could be me just Damn. drawing that from real life. So the, the the real life parallels, yeah, it was it was welcome if you're going to this dark place, but you're try, they're trying to balance it with being a comic book, and they just they yeah. just do it so badly. So I'm like, yeah. Along with that, other there's another scroll who was getting attacked, but she ended up killing all of the vigilantes who were attacking mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, 
it, it, yeah, again, terrifying to watch, again, especially in this current period. And, mm. you know, and for, for, me, per, for me personally, especially in America, the mm. U.S. Mm. I do like how Fury scolds himself as president. He is like, he, he even said, like, this is, this is one term presidency shit. Yeah, I was surprised by this heel turn from the president just because I hadn't heard a lot from Dermot Mulroney during this the entire show. Like, I didn't know okay. if he was I a good say, or bad president. I didn't know. I did, I, okay, I did think it was actually quite quick. Like, I was surprised he was able to, make, to send out this announcement without yeah. anyone. Like, did no one debrief him on, on this? Or even yeah. tell him? Like, because remember, like, Taylor. Like, Taylor was there. Doesn't, doesn't he know, know that there are scrolls out there, plenty of scrolls out there who are just want to live their lives and be happy. And Talos was helping out. Doesn't he know about Talos? But I guess you could say, oh, well, he's just being hateful and impulsive right now. He's just hating on all scrolls. But still, wasn't there ever a debriefing session before he made this announcement? So that, they were just, that they part. just had to speed run. They had to speed run to the end of this thing. So like, oh, yeah, by the way, he's really evil, the president now. Um, yeah, I do, I do wish that it was, that was built up better. But the moment itself, it was still good. I just wish the build up was better for that. Yeah. Okay. What about the CGI? Do you have any problems with the CGI for the fight between Gravik and Gaia? I can't recall it that much. Like I was like, okay, it looks CGI. It looks uncanny valley to a certain extent, but I thought I thought it was it was fine. Like CGI at this point is, you know, I haven't seen any CGI where I'm ever where I'm ever like, oh yeah, that looks completely real. There's always that dissonance where you can tell there's something slightly off. But, you know, I don't think this is any worse or any better than any of the other stuff I've seen recently in Marvel projects. So I'm just I feel like, like the CGI for certain shots is quite bad, though. Like, there's one specific really? shot when Gaia has, like, her, this arm, like, this muscle arm, this muscly super scroll arm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, the CGI in this one shot doesn't look too good. Oh. Oh, I didn't... If you focus on it, I suppose. If it just passes by, if you don't, if you don't pause the screen... Right, right, right. Maybe. No, I was, again, like my brain is just a hamster in a wheel going very, very fast. Yeah. Just like, gotta, gotta keep moving. <laughs> and Fairy and Priscilla, who now, Priscilla wants to be called uh, Rara now, her mm -hmm. birth name. They're going to go on to the Cree, because remember, the Cree are open to a peace summit with the scrolls now. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you, do you think the Cree are trustworthy here? Do you think the Cree are actually going to help out or what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Again, like I was so worn down. I'm like, get off the planet. Come on. Let's let's wrap it up, folks. I mean, yeah, for, for is the history that they talked about with between the Kree and, and uh, the Skrulls and Captain Marvel was that they hate each other. Isn't that the thing? So, yeah, it seems yes. like at least while one door closes, another one opens. So yep. who's to say? And who's to say what Marvel has up their sleeves? Like, is there anything planned for seeing the Skrulls again? Or will it all come crashing down? Yes. And then, oh, Farnsworth and Gaia, we lead them off. Well, I think we mentioned this before, but so they make a deal to work together so they can protect both of the species. And um, will they, they'll probably show up again. Do you think that? Do you think they'll show up oh, again? Oh, for sure. Like, I'm, I'm sure they're both contractually obligated now. <laughs> and there's like, um, Especially for like Secret Wars, the whole Secret Wars thing. That's what they're doing next? or Yeah, they're leading up to that. Yeah, then the, for sure. sure they are for sure bringing it up. Whether they play a big role or a small role, I mean, I don't think. I I I have no idea. I have no <gasps> idea. But it's not like Olivia Coleman. I don't think she'll take the place of like a Nick Fury. But there's so many people. Like we're log jammed. There's just yeah. so many people now. Avengers: Secret Wars. Yes, that's an upcoming movie in the MCU. Oh boy. And 
Yeah, I did. I did like how how Sonia how Sonia was like. I'm not you know I'm not doing this out of good, out of the good of my heart, but I just want to protect humanity, and it's best for both of us to team up, and that way we, we can have a, a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. protect both of our species. But like because yeah, she's ruthless. Like she doesn't she, again. She doesn't care about the scrolls, but if it can help her, if, if teaming up with Gaia can help to protect humanity. Real politics. She's yeah. got to, she's she's self serving that way, but charmingly yeah. self serving. She's very charming. I, I appreciate Olivia Coleman being in this thing because we needed some of that. So, yeah. Yes. I don't know if that's the. I feel like that's the. That might be it. I, I guess one more thing I'll point out is that this is more just Easter eggs. So basically, the harvest. The harvest is what contains the DNA of super powered people. And all of those people's DNA comes from Abomination, Black Panther, Captain America, Captain Marvel. Tori, Corvus Glaive, Drax, Ebony Maw, Gamora, Ghost, Hulk, Korg, Mantis, The Outriders, Proxima Midnight, Thanos, Thor, Valkyrie, and the Winter Soldier. On top of the DNA that Graphic already had from Cold Obsidian, Groot, Extremis, and Frost Beast. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and. If you all of those names, all of I'm those saying. names just replaced valuable information in my head. Like, <laughs> I, like I feel like I lost a math equation. Possibly, <laughs> but I can tell you about abomination and frost beast. And you can and you can pick up on with beast. Like when I use his powers, if you pay close enough attention, you can be like, oh, this ability comes from this person. Like I could tell it's Ebony Maw. When like the telekinesis crap, I could tell like when that yes, came up. Yes, I saw that. Yes, that, that was a good touch where That's he actually, basically uh, just moved uh, his two fingers and just flung them slightly in front of his face. Ebony Mars didn't get much screen time in the MCU, but I did love Ebony Mars' character's design and how like he would move his hands around so gently mm-hmm. to yeah. use the telekinesis. That was nice. You know, I like this character. Yeah, I mean, you could really could have played with that a lot more, but I don't. Again, they were speed running. Oh, they cut yeah. him off so quickly. Remember, they they, they shot him off in his face. To, yeah. to freeze them up. Oh, God. But, yeah. That's a, oh, also Mantis. Uh, that's what oh, Gaia used. Just, just, just sleepifying ability, yeah. you know, to put Graphic to sleep so he falls down to his death. Yeah, it would have been great to see. Like, I'm, I, they used it very well, but I, again, like, it's always, I guess, you don't want to use something too much. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's like just a rock, paper, scissors, a constant battle of like who can get one over on each other. And I felt like that probably could have been played a little bit longer, but I understand it's very expensive to do those scenes as well. So Yeah. And this this fight was short. Very short. Yes. It Relatively. Was, but yeah. boss fight. Yeah. Yeah. So but eh. that's I guess that's that's secret in, secret, secret invasion, invasion, baby. That's secret invasion, yeah. Any final thoughts on Secret Invasion? No, Invasions? God, no. There's nothing left to say about Secret Invasion. Is... Oh. Oh, go on. Yeah. I, okay. Maybe not Secret Invasion related per se, but what pertaining to Rhodey. Mm-hmm. How long do you think he was he was in prison for in New Scrollos? Because I'm wondering if maybe the scroll version of him had replaced him during Infinity War and Endgame. Do you think that maybe? So they've been there since Captain Marvel. I mean, it's possible, but I mean, I guess it will depend on, I don't know, because I want to see him walk because remember he got, he got injured uh, in 
in Captain America Civil right. War. Right. We saw him walk, didn't we? At the end, yeah. when they released all of the humans from the from the from the mad scientist cells, and we and right. and Rhodey does wake up and he's standing up and. But is he walking like da 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 da, or is he walking like oh man? I don't remember him being walking energetically. I don't remember that. No, I'm but. sure it's only been in the last. You know what? I I feel like they don't want to go back too far because that will require too much just change and work on the on the part of of Marvel. So I'm betting it was like oh we got him like ah oh, no three weeks ago yeah man he was taking a <laughs> he was taking a whiz at the baseball diamond and we uh, we scooped him up real good. And Evan Ross, Evan Ross is also in these photos. He got, yeah, he, he, he got woken up, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure that uh, was, I'm sure those were recent additions. But see, here's the thing: what if, what if Rhodey wasn't around when, uh, during Infinity One Endgame, and then he, what if he doesn't know about Tony Stark dying? I feel like that could create an interesting emotional arc for him, like going into Armor Wars. Because remember, we do have Armor Wars coming up that he's going to be the main character in. Oh. Like, no, I think is he I think he he's he gonna be in that, right? But I feel like it'd be interesting if he to see him grieve if he were to grieve Tony Stark after finding out oh he's dead. Again, right. if he wasn't around for But then it would also that would also make that would also make the the death of Iron Man very meaningless as well because they had that huge <laughs> sweeping scene where they show every single cast member from like every Marvel film up to that point just somberly like cry as, as you know at the funeral. So that would be like Wait, that was a scroll? Wow, well, that scroll is also a very good actor. He really cared for Iron Man. Uh, yeah, I'm even just looking up stuff here and seeing how, seeing how it's it's like oh how this could affect Armor Wars because yes, Rhodey Don Cheadle he'll be the main character in Armor Wars and so this could end up setting that up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, this article. This one suggests that the scroll impersonating Rhodey could have been around in Civil War. Uh, uh, I, you know what? I, I don't want, I don't want any more, I, uh, this, uh, I know I always do the onion thing, but I don't want any more layers on this onion. Let's keep our roadies simple from oh. here on out. No! Oh, okay, also, also, just another thing. When, so when Fury says it's a one-term person decision that Ritson made with the whole scroll policy thing, I guess uh-huh. that teases how General Ross, Harrison Ford, will come in to take over the White House for, for Thunderbolts. Because he's going to be oh. the president, the new president. General Ross, oh Harrison goodness. Ford. An 80-year-old president? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, I know it doesn't, does it? Wow. Yeah. Oh. Well, very interesting things here, very interesting things here, but I guess that's <laughs> Secret Invasion. It's a show that we watched and we talked about it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you came back here to discuss it, even if, you oh, know, you. I get the sense that if it wasn't for this podcast, you wouldn't have talked, you wouldn't have watched it, Stoppy Right? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I was, I, I was tapped out. I, I, I think I was oh, tapped God. out. I need a little bit of a rebreather, you know, because when I, when I keep on watching too much of it, it's like, it's like eating too much candy, you know, um, actually, you can never get too much candy. It's like eating the same meal over and over and over again. You want to add some slight variations, but eventually, if, if, the sa- if the ingredients are basically the same, you're just adding like a different type of peanut butter on that sandwich, but it's still peanut mm. butter at the end of the day. I'm just getting, I'm just getting bored. I need to, I need some different tastes. And uh, uh, God knows, see, God knows secret invasion. That's that taste. Ooh, boy. Peanut butter's gone bad, folks. Yes. 
it's just uh, sometimes sometimes I question should I keep covering this MCU stuff? Like I want to because I'm a completionist that way. But I'm like, ah, sometimes it's like why why the MCU must be sink to these depths? And I did also have complicated feelings because like the strike is happening right now with writers and actors right. and right. and even like because I, I'm still planning to release this episode like next mm-hmm. week because like I, I don't know if you've heard about this but there's this whole thing with influencers how influencers as strong advice that they can't do cover content by strike studios right however right. if you're like a if you're like a, a reviewer or a critic or a journalist if you're a podcast that does like reviews and stuff you can continue, right. continue to cover the content so so the so rules change every now and then so if the rules do change by next Wednesday I'll have to delay this episode and figure out something yeah. else but just all the stuff happening to strike and strike it's like yeah. uh you got you gotta chase your joy like these movies pro- gave a lot of joy to a lot of people they were handled so well like they did the impossible and i think i remember like it's very easy for people to hate things like h- hating things and dunking on things constantly like being cynical doesn't make you more intelligent right like I think yeah. sometimes cynicism is mistaken for intelligence just because it's so easy to pick things apart. And uh, Marvel was a big target because they actually succeeded. They were blockbuster entertainment, but it is becoming like what the critics have been saying for a while. It is becoming a bit like the um, uh, amusement park ride. And, and, you know, Marvel, yeah. they have, they, they pull on good creative talents to try and change that. Um, and, you know, it's just, they're, they got the odds stacked against them in some ways, right? Because, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But this is, you know, they what they've accomplished so far is incredible. Um, yeah, and, I, I'll, admit I'll admit that. Yeah, and again, like, the, these were all the things I wanted to see back when I was a little 90s kid, you know? Like, yeah. everything I wanted to see. But now it's almost the monkey's paw thing where it's like, okay, now I've seen it too much. Okay, stop, stop, stop. But don't you want to see Jubilee, Date Rogue, and the new uh, Gambit movie? Gambit 3, The Gambining, you know, or like, uh, I, it's, I mean, this, I, I would have been like, add the X-Men right away. Someone say, once they absorbed Fox, I was like, just do it right away because I don't know. Or you have to wait a while to start yeah. everything up again because look at what's happening with DC. I don't know yeah. like James Gunn makes great stuff and his characters are interesting. His worlds are visually interesting, but if he, if he does that too many times though and goes back to that well, people are going to get, you know, bored of it too. I mean, it's just it's just the way things work, I guess, but I mean, yeah, man. You, gotta, you have to come up with special material. Yeah, and I, I mean, I placed a lot of trust in, in James Gunn, but I feel like a lot of these properties, it's just, we're we're superheroed out, some people. And uh, like Batman, I feel if they didn't bring back Batman for Superman v. Batman, people would be, but the time that other Batman movie came out like a year ago, everybody would have been clamoring for it. But mm. we haven't had a break from Batman in almost 20 years. <laughs> It's it's been like the longest we had gone without Batman. Again, like what you had Batman and Robin, that was ninety seven, and that tanked so hard. Oh it took what? It took one one 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It took about like eight to nine years until we saw Batman again. And at that time it was just right. They knew they could do something different, but now it's like what we had two years off of Batman before we got Batman again. It's just too much. It's too much. <gasps> Sorry. I, I went off on a tangent there. Oh no, it's okay. Like, yeah, I, I like hearing these thoughts and I can admit that even as someone who loves the Batman, it was one of my, mm. it was one of my top 10 movies mm. of 2022. But I can also admit like, there's a lot of Batman content coming in. Uh, we even had Batman coming back in The Flash. Michael Keaton. Oh, oh I, I do want to watch that. I do want to watch that, but I... <laughs> yeah, no. It's that movie, Jesus Christ. I feel... that, that movie, uh, that's a whole other topic. We won't get deep yeah. into it. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's a whole controversy, that movie. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for inviting me. Uh, You're I, welcome. If I, had, if I had to watch marvel content for any person it would always be for you fella so thank oh, you that warms my heart no, thank good. you <gasps> well that's how i break down a secret invasion and now we can segue onwards to good words this is the segment we always have at the end of the episodes to present our good words our recommendations each person here gets to recommend something a book a movie a tv show a podcast music anything they want so, guy, what is your good word? You know what? I was I was going to originally do a good word about uh, a, a television show, the the Invincible Adam Eve thing, but you know, on my whole superhero thing, like I I, I have this push and pull relationship with superhero <laughs> content, where I mean, I'm so tired of it, but I find myself watching it. Uh, so. I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to actually pivot because I haven't read any good books lately. I haven't seen any truly great movie recently or show or that I can remember. So I'm also going to talk about uh, uh, another podcast if I could as well. Uh, I've been listening to uh, um, Canada Land, uh, which is an independent journalism uh, podcast that's become quite popular in Canada the last few years. But uh, they cover a lot of topics about Canada, but it's also about media and uh, media criticism, which I think in the age we live in, it's it's very good to be a critic of media and have good literacy. And uh, Candleland, I don't think you necessarily have to be Canadian to actually enjoy the content. They have some really good producers. Jesse Brown is a very, very good host. And they do some really good deep dives and give some really good analysis. And uh, yeah, you get perspectives there you wouldn't normally get. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug Candleland. Not that they need the plug because they're doing, I believe, pretty well. But if you're ever looking for a, a weird podcast and you're like, hey, Canada, what's that place all about? I would say yeah, give Candleland a shot. Nice. I actually have never heard, heard of this podcast. So thank you for bringing, bringing this up because I'm always looking for new shows to try out. Yeah, yeah. So, very nice. So that's your good word. My good word is Cassandra and the Verse by Hardy Small. It's a book that I read recently as a, a nut guy the E.I.C. And it's about Cassandra, the main character, the eponymous character, who is going through some shit in her life. To put it lightly, she has gotten dumped. She's gotten fired from her job, and then she got kicked out of her place by her roommates, and then uh, some 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 shit goes down, and then she's like, "Wait, am I in a time loop?" And then some more shit goes down quickly afterwards, and then she's like, "Oh wait, I can time travel," and so she ends up using this new ability that she's found to time travel to try to fix little moments in her life if she comes across uh, 
moment where she flubbed up, she goes back, fixes it, tries it again, and then she flubs up again, so just try to fix it all over again, just keep going and going until she can get the moment just right. And this whole book just follows her through that journey as she's trying to fix all these mistakes and just figure out all of the crap that's going on. And I really enjoy this book a lot, a lot more like, you know, I always going to go into a book, you know, wanting to love it. But this book in particular, I really enjoyed it. It was enthralling. I was really invested in Cassandra's journey. I found her to be an endearing character. And I really appreciated the writing for a character because she is autistic. And she also has synesthesia. And which, by the way, synesthesia, do you know what that is, by the way? No, what, what is that? So it's a condition where, like, different senses are basically linked are basically linked together so maybe if you so say if you hear certain sounds they may affect you in such a way that you end up seeing colors like you you, you see colors that are connected to the sounds oh, that, that's, okay. that's what synesthesia is different senses connected together okay so if you were to say the color purple i could smell ham or something like- something like that exactly like yeah smell smell can be part of it too oh wow and oh. and basically, so she, so she has synesthesia like that. And I've not seen that often depicted in fictional media. It's a really interesting concept that I like. And it was actually a, a, a serial killer movie that I watched recently called Sound of Violence, where the main character has synesthesia. And she ends up, and her thing is that she feels pleasure. She feels like these overwhelming waves of pleasure and responses to noises, to sounds of like people screaming in terror or pain. Oh, wow. And these pe- these noises give her pleasure. God damn! And so, Sound of Violence is a movie starring Jasmine Savoy Brown, oh. and it's a it, it that was a really interesting movie. Not perfect, has some little flaws, but overall a pretty interesting movie to check out. God, uh, but that's not my that's not, not the main recommendation. Second <laughs> kill is Cassandra in reverse. Anyways, Cassandra has synesthesia. It's really interesting. Also, she has she's autistic, and I really appreciated the writing for that. I thought it was fleshed out. And there are actually quite a few moments where it's like, oh, I'm connecting with her. I'm finding her to be relatable here. The way that she is very, like, bluntly viewing the world and mm-hmm. misses all of these social cues and how everyone else views her as being, like, very cold and harsh and just plain insufferable. But I like her right. so much in this perspective. And I feel like that it helps that I feel like I suspect I might be on spectrum myself. But the testing is very expensive. I love to get tested, but the testing is very pricey. And oh, the wait list is long. Yes. Yes, I'm trying to go for another ADD test because I was diagnosed with like ADHD when I was like 12. But back then, everybody's like, he doesn't have attention hyperactivity disorder. Just slap him if he gets too, you know, anxious. Or of course, uh, slapping energy. slapping really does work. You know, it, it does. It helps to, uh, uh, to, yeah. to just improve their behavior. Yeah, yeah. No, I just remember people were like that's not a thing and every and now every and now everybody I know when I was on Twitter is like I have ADHD and and so I'm like do I do I even know so I've been I've been trying to get retested and oh boy. Even Canada we have free healthcare for a lot of things but certain things are not covered. Certainly not a diagnosis for any kind of disability like this. It costs an arm and a very small leg. <laughs> yep. Yep, so that's why, you know, I feel for you, and I and I will get tested someday, but not now. I can't afford it, but someday I will. So anyway, so just for now, I suspect I'm autistic. So when I was reading this book, I was like, okay, I'm I, I'm personally feeling these, all of these beats here, mm-hmm. and the slashed out writing, and also the author, the author, Holly Small herself, 
was diagnosed with autism when she was 39. So it helps get that authentic perspective in in there. Yeah. And and the one gripe I do have with the book is that the time travel logic isn't all that tightly written. Mm -hmm. It's very much a side element to the book. The book is more focusing on Cassandra's personal journey. It's not like, don't go into it if you're expecting, like, oh, some tight sci-fi novel that's kind of not the core time travel mechanisms. No, it's not about that. It's about the personal character growth. Yeah, so no, none of you science wonks. We don't want to hear any of your shit, okay? It's not just about the time travel. It's about the character. Correct. The story. Yes. All right. So that's my good word, Cassandra and Averse by Holly Small. And I'm looking forward to what I will see also right in the future. Oh. Well, thank you so much for having me, man. This has been wonderful. You're welcome. Uh, you're you're the host welcome. of the most who boasts the best roast. Thank you, thank you. And here's to the next one. Yes, yes. Here's the next one. Which, by the way, the next show is going to be Loki, I think, right? Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, can, I, I can probably do that one. Yeah. I'll see, I'll, uh, I'll see about that one. <laughs> yeah, unless, Loki I'm, two. unless I'm in a Marvel coma. We shall, we shall see. I will have to go back into the Marvel minds now. Yes. And now, oh, yeah. Season two is scheduled to debut on, on October 6th and will consist of six episodes. Oh, boy. Yes. What an age we live in. And then after that is Echo, which, by the way, I don't like how Echo is going to have the whole binge model for that. But when is that coming out? Binge model show. So Echo is, this is the dolphin Echo. from, from Sega Genesis? <laughs> nope, nope. Echo Echo is, okay, Echo will premiere on November 29th. And that is, do you remember Maya Lopez from Hawkeye? She was the assassin. Oh, no. Yeah, I remember this. I don't know, man. I think that's the one I'm tapping out for. <laughs> I remember that. Though. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, oh, I, I love to. I love to character. And I'm looking forward to the show. But I'm I'm sad that, that Disney will release all her in a, in a binge model. This is the first show where Disney will release all episodes at once for Echo. Oh. So I don't like that. I don't like how they're, they're like, oh, let's take this show about the side character who just happens to be a woman of color who's, who is also an amputee. Let's experiment with this, with a binge model. Wait, was Echo also, was Echo deaf? Or... Deaf, yeah. She was deaf. She was ampu- she has an amputee and she was indigenous. Oh, my goodness. And it's kind of like, why are you using this character who does a, good, a really good job with representation why are you doing this with a binge model? Well, inevitably, the show will not get nearly as much coverage because you're not ex- releasing the episodes over right. several weeks. It just feels it feels very iffy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you might be onto something there. But, <laughs> oh well, hey, you know what? If you don't want to cover Echo, you know, I would. It's okay. I can find someone else. But you know, we'll we'll see. It'll we'll be see. Loki. We'll October's coming. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> But uh, so all we have left is just to promote ourselves, promote where people can find us. So, guy, oh, where you, can people find you? Well, you can't find me that many places. I'm I'm still doing my hiatus basically from social media. I mean, I'm technically on Twitter slash X, the platform that's just so great and wonderful. so wonderful and by run by such a genius. Yeah. Oh, sorry, my sarcasm switch is turned on. Um, which is so great. Uh, no, um, I don't know. I, you can't find me right now. I'm, uh, okay. uh I, I do my, I do a, a podcast right now called Gestures of Ravenloft, which is a D and D show. 
uh, with some friends where it's uh, we're doing a, a real D and D campaign. So that's through Dum Dums and Dice. Uh, so if you type that in Google, you'll find Jesters of Ravenloft. So that's where you can catch me, uh, every Wednesday, do a live stream on Twitch, their Twitch affiliate, but we also, I think they also release it as a podcast or something. I don't know. I'm just on it. I don't make it. (laughs) I I love that whole crowd. I sort of, I sort of remember having, uh, Ryan and and Tyler on the show a couple years back to cover the Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. Right. I still remember that. Except it's just in memory now, that movie. The but the episode, the podcast is fun. Yeah. It was yeah. super fun. Oh, yeah. And I'm on Instagram. I, I think I'm just Guy Bradford. I don't know. You'll see, if you see a picture of a guy with a bad mustache, that's me. <gasps> nice, nice. And as for my socials, you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore sense critic. You can follow my personal account on Twitter slash X. Uh, good pods. Storygraph, Letterbox, and TikTok at author underscore ant18. You can find me on Goodreads at author Howell. If you want to email me, you can reach me at email at twocentscritic at yahoo.com. You can also check out my blog at twocentscritic.com. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's on Good Pods, iTunes, Spotify, Podcast Addict. Audible services, and make sure you do the ratings and reviews especially because they help to bump up our numbers up the charts, spread the indie podcasters to more ears. Not just for my show, but try to do this for all the shows you listen to if you can. It's important. But especially this show. Do yeah. it. Do it. <laughs> and once again, guys, thank you so much. Always a blast to have you on, and great to have oh. you Have you joined the Five Timers Club? On two cents today. Yay, thanks, man. Thanks for the martini and the fancy jacket you, you sent in the mail. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <gasps> and until next time, stay healthy and stay strong. <laughs>